Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through.
folks, and thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. And, well, uh, it happened. Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg has passed away. Um, I think, you know, I mean, I didn't predict it or anything like that, but we, I, mean, I think we kind of all seen it coming because uh, we have not seen uh, much of her recently. And so I, I, I think it was just an uh, you know, a moment of time. I mean, uh, being a matter of time is what I meant. And of course, the Democrats are going off the rails because Trump, of course, and the Republicans in the Senate are saying, "Look, you know, Constitution says we can, uh, you know, fill the seat. That's what our constitutional duty is." Now, frankly, you know. But, you know, somebody made a good point because, you know, the fight is, is, oh, well, you didn't let the Democrats with Obama in the Obama election here. Uh, the difference is, 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 I can't remember who made the, the point. It might have been Mark Levin, actually. He said, look, it was a Republican Senate. That's just how it goes. As an Obama like to say, elections have consequences. So, you know, hey, there was a, a, a Republican Senate, and they held it off. And if it was a, you know, let's just be honest. If it was a Republican and a Democrat Senate, then it was, they would have done the same thing. So, you know, hypocrisy abound, but I don't think that surprises any of us here, right? And so, I mean, they're talking about, you know, of course, if they get – and I'll tell you what. I know I've been touting a lot lately that, man, we should really need to try to take the House, really need to take the House. But as you can see, it's going to be very important to keep the Senate uh, because, one – you know, if they for many reasons, if they take the Senate, of course, it's going to make it easier for them to do what they're threatening with stacking the Supreme Court and with making uh, D.C. and making uh, Puerto Rico states, which we we talked about Puerto Rico becoming a state, you know, a, a lot of shows ago, but we did discuss it here. Uh, and so they're, they're, of course, they're threatening that. And then, of course, there's people also you know, threatening violence. I, I spent a good time on Twitter, and not that I'm saying Twitter is America. Uh, it's, it's probably just a, a portion of it. But I'm telling you what, folks, you know, especially with the question I was asked Trump today, you know, oh, well, would, would there be a smooth transition? Or, or, or would you call for a peaceful transition uh, if, you know, if you were to lose the election? Wouldn't lose or draw, or somebody said. He's like, look, we'll have to see what happens because here's the thing. Here's my response. People are all up in arms. I'm like, gosh, he's saying that was he going to uh, cause uh, violence, you know, in order to stay in office? It's like, no, that's not what it is. What it is is Trump knows. Let's be honest, folks. I'm telling you, if you don't already have a weapon of some sort in your house, preferably a gun or multiple guns, I'm telling you, get them now. Get them. Because we are headed, and I've been saying this for a long time, we are headed for a civil war, especially if Trump wins. And now, if you live in a neighborhood such as I do, or in an area such as I do, I you know, probably don't have to watch, um, you know, be as careful with that. Uh, of course, we still going to have guns, but uh, but I'm telling you, if you are living in an area that has, you know, a high percentage of liberals in them, Democrats in them, uh, you know. BLM members in them, I'm telling you, get yourself – if you're not already armed, get yourself armed and talk to people who are – you know, who, who know how to handle weapons because it, it may come to that. If, if you live in one of those areas, you know, I, you know I'm not a fear monger. I don't believe in living in fear, but I'm telling you, 
you 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 want to do it because they are they're talking about it. I I was chatting with somebody last night going back and forth, and, and they mean it. If they don't get what they want, and that's how the Democrats and the people who support them, that's what they do. They are blackmailing America, basically saying, you know, we're going to tear down the system, and they're the ones talking about the violence, you know, and you know, we're, they're just going to tear everything down. I mean, look at Don Lemon, Lemon, whatever way you you call his name. But that, that's what they're talking about, and these people are talking about, you know, there will be no peace if there's not justice. And the only justice they talk about, ironic, is you have Bloomberg in Florida basically trying to buy votes. He's, he's basically trying to buy votes by, you know, paying off all the restitution and fees of uh, what criminals or ex-criminals. Or person, oh, well, they're ex-criminals. They should be able to vote. It's like, but th- this is the point: is the Democrats are showing. Over and over again, they are not for law-abiding citizens. If you're a law-abiding citizen, which is the vast majority of the Americans out there, and, and I hope they're, they're, they're staying quiet, well, I would, I would like them to actually not be quiet. Um, I think that you know, we, you know, our side needs to be just as loud. I'm not saying violence. I'm not saying going, you know, I, I think going into the street peacefully. I don't think we should, you know. Do any you know rioting or destroying or anything like that? These people are, but I really wish our son would go out into the streets. Now, of course, we're working, right? We're trying to make a living. Whereas a lot of these folks, maybe they're not. I mean, we, I mean, no one's ever even asked of them. Well, are you working or not? You know, try to interview these people. But of course, if you did, you'd probably get you know assaulted. You know, you probably you know probably get assaulted uh, if you do that. Um, and so, you know, and hopefully we got, you know, and so we, again, we're going to be talking about, you know, the title tonight. The Democrats blackmail America in their lust for power, and that's all it is. That's all they're talking about is, is, is wanting their power and what they're going to do, you know, to, to get into power. And it's not, a, you know, it's not about all helping America. It's just their hatred for Trump is so bad. It's it's unbelievable. Uh so if you'd like to chime in, we already got some callers. Uh, just push the one on your number dial. Uh, I'll get you off on the show. We do got plenty of audios and some articles uh, we'll refer to uh, tonight on the show. And I'm launching the chat here. I didn't do that earlier. So if you're trying to get to the chat, uh, sorry I haven't launched it earlier. And there we go. So if you'd like to do that. So we um, let's go ahead and we got our friend Dr. Tolbert on the line. And let's go ahead and get him in. Uh, then we'll go over to our articles and uh, our audio. But first, let's go ahead and welcome uh, Dr. Tolbert. Thank you very much uh, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Yeah, I guess you need to turn off the mute button. I can talk better, huh? Yeah, I, no, I got you on. I got you unmuted. <laughs> no, I I had you muted. That was the issue. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, you know, you and I had a couple uh, uh, written conversations today about some issues, and I just wanted to go and and talk to them and and let people know. And the first one I want to cover is there's a Republican candidate running in uh, Georgia. And I think it's important that people find out and get a hold of Angela Staten King. She's running for the U.S. Congress. And uh, Miss Jordan's communication manager 
at 678-499-0297. And what I'm asking that any listener, uh, I don't normally support political people. Uh, This woman went through a uh, rape issue when she was a young child and abused. Uh, She got supported by individuals uh, that helped her get through this, and she has uh, books and articles about her life. Uh, She is a woman that will get into uh, the fact that she had a child that they wanted to abort. Uh, Her young daughter is now a lawyer of 28 years old. Uh, Her background in history Uh, is one that people need to look at, that we have a lot of people in America that came through some trials and tribulations, and we need to look at the candidates. The fact that this happens to be a Republican, uh, normally as a no-party affiliated, we don't support people by their political parties, but we support them by their acts. And so I'm just asking the listeners tonight, to do a um, look at the candidates. Um, I have a gentleman that I have go out and he reviews all the people running in different states and he then uh, sends documentation and we get these individuals on the radio show. And I know a lot of people might have objections from the fact of what Nathan does or doesn't do, but this is just if we could get more people to do that. Secondly, we did a two-hour talk show back in uh, September last year on Blog Talk Radio. And you can go to calledtoduty.org, and it was a show about uh, the electors and how the electors were chosen and the corruption. And we had a a person that came on talk radio Monday with uh, Sally, and he was from the Libertarian Party. Uh, they don't know what they're talking about. They have no idea what the uh, electors are of the 520, and you need 270 uh, to win the election, become the president. I just want to briefly just bring a point. Uh, In the state of Florida, we have 29 electors. Uh, The electors are not chosen by the people but they're actually chosen by the corporations, and it's called a 501c4. And so every political party has their own electors. So the Democrats, the independents, and even I, who is running as an independent writing candidate for vice president, along with Ms. Walls, which is coincidental, uh, but she and I are running in the state of Florida in order to make a point. We chose our own electors. Now, what happens, these electors then popular vote are ending up where these electors then go to the Capitol at the time of the election, uh, and they then submit their vote. And they then, based on that popular vote, choose the president. And as long as the president uh, had more than 270 electors, that person became the president. If there was a tie, 269, for instance, the House of Representatives chooses the president and the Senate chooses the vice president. And a lot of people don't understand that that makeshift way of doing things. Well, the Supreme Court just ruled 
that the people in uh, Colorado and Washington that were electors decided not to go with the popular vote stated unconstitutionally that elector was under contract with the corporation, the Democrat, the Republican Party, whoever, and that individual must stay in tune. So the Supreme Court didn't rule what the Constitution says, that the representatives that become the, that are the electors must be voted for the people. So I'm going to leave that short, but there's a long and two-hour show on that one. The second one I did on two hours was on natural naturalized and citizens and we covered that for a purpose back in 1890 there was a chinese guy whose parents were born in the united parents were in the united states and he was born three left and went back to china what happened is the young man came back to the united states and the supreme court ruled he was a citizen and people don't understand the word citizen based on the original Constitution was that people that were born at the time of the Constitution were called citizens. That did not make them a natural or naturalized. So we actually went into a two-hour program explaining what a natural and what a naturalized citizen is. And there were people that were talking and giving comments that fully don't understand that. It's a very lengthy show Uh, for people to understand what a natural and a naturalized citizen. George Washington said, you must be a second generation to be a natural citizen. So your parents had to be naturalized at your time of birth, and then you became naturalized or natural, not naturalized. And there was an issue that people that were going to run for office that didn't have the second generation wanted to be the president to overthrow the United States. So what we did then is we talked about Cruz, we talked about Rubio, and we talked about Obama. And that, again, is another two-hour show that they can go to and click. The third one that we did was four different web links that we wrote in 2016. And this was about the Supreme Court and how the Supreme Court justice was assassinated in Texas in 2016. And how Obama actually was there the hour before the assassination and how Obama left on a private airplane. And we went after then articles of treason and things against Obama. But we were still in the fact that you needed to have the 5-4. You cannot do the four foreign ties in the Supreme Court. So we sent all this information to the president upon hearing of the death of the Supreme Court justice. And we then went in the articles why it was mandated as he, as the president. The issue is that people want to make the Supreme Court a political issue. And they want members of the Supreme Court to be libertarian or be a conservative rather than just saying we want a Supreme Court justice who is qualified in the Constitution. And, of course, there are two women in the state of Florida. One happens to be a Spanish lady uh, that are being given consideration. Now, politically, they choose a woman 
and they choose an Hispanic woman and they put her on the Supreme Court, what this does is turns Florida over to the Republican for the votes in the November election. So the Supreme Court is being used by the Democrats as a means of corruption. The Republicans are using it for a means of getting more Republican votes by choosing a woman, Hispanic, African-American, or other things. This is totally not the reason for the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is supposed to look at a constitutional issue written by the Congress, and they must then act accordingly and say that the Congress wrote a law which was and is under the Constitution and is correct. People try to get into the executive branch and executive orders. The executive orders is only to enforce what Congress does. So there was confusion, and it went to the Supreme Court. We're going to take the DACA as an example, where Obama writes a law that Congress did not write the law. The Supreme Court comes back and says that Trump cannot deactivate the executive order because it would enhance issues with millions of people. So the Supreme Court rules that the Congress needed to go back and look at and restructure the DACA, and people aren't really looking at that. But the point is the Supreme Court did not rule the illegality of the DACA during the time of Obama, which it should have been done because it should have never been enacted because Obama did not have the authority to formulate under an executive order. So we have a Supreme Court today that may be looking at it more from a constitutional standpoint of the Tenth Amendment, where the DACA would be handled by the states unless Congress came up with a plan. So looking at the Supreme Court and necessity of the 5-4, regardless of their uh, political background, and this goes back in. And there's another thing that people are hiring people that are on uh, the federal uh, uh, judges within the states, which these two women have. don't have to be a lawyer to be on the Supreme Court. You need to be constitutionally wise. So picking a person that's been in position as a judge means they're going to use past pretense and issues to bring forth the understanding and the final thing, whether it was constitutionally correct or not. Now, having said that, the people of the state have the power to reject the orders of the Supreme Court. They have the power to object to the federal government, and they can object to the executive branch, and people don't understand that. That to say states as sovereign states can stand up and say it is in violation, and we're going to get into your civil war now, because that's exactly what happened back into time in the civil war. The federal government enacted laws that overrode the Tenth Amendment, and the southern states took action, and everybody wants to lay it on slavery, but the Civil War did not start because of slavery. 
it started because the southern state says you can't tell us what to do. It's not in the Constitution, so we're going to stand up against you. What the federal government decided to do, we'll call this an act of rebellion to release slaves, which had nothing to do with this because members of the North and of the South and of African-Americans all owned the slaves, and it got totally out of hand. So you ended up with a civil war. Now, the Democratic Party is now being funded by Sawyer's. And Sawyer's, in his funding, we just found out, put multi-millions of dollars in the act of the rebellion. So you take the Black Lives Matter, you'll find money from Sawyer's. The money from Black Lives Matter is now going to the Democratic Party, and the Democratic Party is enforcing rebellion. Now you have presidents that are telling you they're poor. Biden is worth over $10 million. And he's running for the president and giving you these issues. We now find that Ukraine and other countries were Biden's son and China and all these people. So now you have a person running for president that committed treason, whose family members have committed treason, who Hillary Clinton has committed treason, who Obama has committed treason. And so we ask that Barr go back and investigate the members of the House of Representatives and the Senate. Well, so far they've got like nine, ten people that are being investigated, and this then is going to have an impact on the November election. So we're going to go back into the fact that everybody says Trump could delay the election. Well, Trump cannot delay the election. It takes Congress to delay the election. So everybody's asking Trump, well, what are you going to do if the ballots are this, this, and this? And Trump says, well, I have to wait to see what I'm going to do. I can't answer that question. So they're turning it around to say Trump is going to be rebellious. Then what Mm -hmm. they're saying is that they would postpone and get um, Trump out of office and Pelosi then be the elected person. Well, legally, constitutionally, She is running for January the 3rd, so she would not be eligible for the president at the time that something would happen to Trump. She could be done for reasons of his death, but not under the reasons that they're presenting. Secondly, the person that would be eligible if something should happen would be Chuck. Chuck is the second person and a Republican of the House of Representatives. Now you turn that back around to the uh, the electors, and the House of Representatives chooses the president, and the Senate chooses the vice president. So since the Congress, the House, and the Senate can only postpone the election, the president cannot do it, since the person that would be eligible would be Chuck, which is a Republican, would be the one. The Democratic Party of the House, which is fully, would not want the delay. They would not want a, a Republican being in place why it gets chosen. So all these factors, I'm covering in a very short period of time, and then I'll just let you go on with your show. But we've done over several thousand pages on every subject I just covered in 15 minutes on the call to duty.org. And I think it's important to take people recognize and understand you're not being taught what you should be taught 
by people on talk radio that claim to be constitutionally wise, they don't know what they're saying, Robert. So I'll let you go back to your show, and thank you for letting me talk. Well, no, well, you can't, you can't end, you can't end with just that, Doctor Tolbert. Uh, what, what are you speaking of on the, on that last part? Because I, you know, I just had people, you know, try twice. One person we know, and then someone on the. Uh, on Twitter here that accused myself. Oh, but well, you never read the Constitution. For one, they don't know they don't know me, and they don't know me well enough. And then I had an, uh, another point where someone, you know, says, "Oh, well, you're a, a bully god," you know, with a with a microphone or something of, of that nature, you know. Amen. So where you're where they're saying that they may have, uh, you know, say, you know, accusing people uh, of, "Oh, but well, you didn't read the Constitution." You know what it is and and contesting. Well, we have people who. Are, here trying to look to pack the courts. We're looking for people who are trying to add states. You know, the Democrat Party is trying to add states to you know to increase their power, and then they want to talk about you know, oh well, we don't care. You know, what we do helps the Democrats. You know, so I, I mean, I can't let that kind of stuff stand. Um, but no, I, mean, yeah, I, we'll keep I, people... I I totally agree with you. So, uh, but yeah, if you're welcome, of course, to stay with you. Of you know Joseph on the line, and I just want to, to add that in there because that's anyway. Um, but let's go ahead and bring in, in Joseph. Uh, we'll bring things back around because we have some other callers too, to you, Doctor Tolbert. But uh, and we got some, as I said, you know, some audio. Some some, some audios we got are kind of fun tonight too. So uh, that'll be good. We got a, a big show next week. We're going to be talking about the debates. But thank you very much, Joseph, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, very good. Always a pleasure to be on. Uh, calling from the great state of North Carolina, my new home. Uh, I know, uh, quite a big move again, but uh, this time uh, I think uh, Charlotte's going to be my new home for quite a while. So I uh, took advantage of a lucrative uh, once-in-a-lifetime golden opportunity I wasn't going to say no to. And uh, not going to lie, uh, I don't have to deal with 40 below zero in the winter in Alaska, or uh, nor do I have to deal with uh, five hours of uh, light in the in the winter, which would have been tough. So, but uh, hope you are doing well, and refreshing to have Dr. Tolberg back, our constitutional scholar. It's been a long time, Dr. Tolberg. It's it's great to have you back on the show, and uh, Dr. Tolberg hit the nail on the coffin because what is the big debate of this week? Uh, and I mean this and with all sincerity, and it's not sarcasm. Um, of course, I am um, deeply saddened by the passing of uh, uh, Ginsburg. Um, you know, she was a uh, – I may not agree with her views. Uh, I may not agree with uh, what she stood for, uh, but she did dedicate her life to public service, and she did dedicate her – the remaining uh, of her life to the Supreme Court, uh, and um, it is unfortunate that she passed away. But it's ironic how um, her death how is being politicized. Everything today is politicized. Uh, if you drink a Coke or Pepsi, it's politicized. Uh, we live in a toxic uh, new culture and climate where now today everything has to be politicized. And it is very, very, very uh, sad that it needs to be uh, so. Uh, but with all due respect, um, you know, Ginsburg had a dying wish. I get it. 
I get it. Um, something similar happened. Uh, Daniel K. Inouye, who is the longest sitting senator in United States history. He comes from the great state of Hawaii. Longest senator who passed away in 2012. He had a dying wish. Uh, when he passed away at the time, Neil Abercrombie was the governor of Hawaii. And his dying wish was to appoint uh, Maisie Hirono to his Senate seat. But the governor, Neil Abercrombie, did not honor that wish. And instead, he appointed a different senator by the name of Brian Schatz. Uh, that was political suicide in the state of Hawaii because Daniel K. Inouye was a polarizing figure who uh, they idolized in Hawaii. Um, when Hawaii was a territory, he was appointed as the congressional representative for the territory of uh, Hawaii. So, you know, he had a long standing. So as for dying wishes, um, you know, the moral debate of whether they should be honored or not. Yes, you can have a dying wish but that does not give you the right to violate the Constitution. Um, imagine if we were to, yeah, to submit yeah. to every <laughs> single politician's dying wish, we, we'd be opening up Pandora's box. Right, Robert? I mean, it's... Well, well just, that's what I was going to say. I was like, look, I'll say so. Yeah, that's her supposedly, allegedly, her dying wish. Uh, but my contention on that is, okay, well, that's her dying wish. Does that, you know... I don't want to use the word Trump, but I mean that 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 doesn't overrule the Constitution. <laughs> Absolutely, and and you know why? You also hit the nail on the on on the coffin. You said supposed, because a year ago they had Ginsburg in an interview in which she emphasized and reiterated that a sitting president has the right to go through with the nomination process even in an election year. So, you know, it's supposed, supposed. Uh, or maybe, you know, in her last moments, you know, she wasn't lucid. She wasn't coherent. We don't know because there's a lot of unknowns. You know, those sources are not exactly corroborated. And it contradicts Ginsburg's interview from last year where she unequivocally stated a sitting president has the right, even in an election year, to go through with the nomination process of the Supreme Court with the vacant seat. So, you know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, that's why 40 days, ladies and gentlemen, we are 40 days away from the most important election of our lifetime, and we're six days away from supposedly the first presidential debate. I hope that's going to happen. I hope they're not going to use an excuse for Biden to continue hiding down in his bunker. Um, but this is an important election. And you know what really disturbed me today, Robert? It's not what's going on in Louisville, Kentucky. It's when Cindy McCain, the wife of John McCain, endorsed Biden and Harris. And I'm going to tell you something. Any so-called Republican, George W. Bush, John Kasich, who is going to endorse Biden and Harris, you have destroyed any legacy you ever had. You are so blinded by your passions to not even see it. Because it is a vote of revenge. It is a vote of disdain. 
to be very honest, if it was a truly a protest vote, you know what they would do? They would just stay home and not vote. Because I get it. Don't get me wrong, Trump. He may have said a lot of things that rattled a lot of people. Okay, we get that. But at the same time, John McCain, he was a Republican his whole career. He was a moderate his whole career. I think he must be rolling over in his grave because how could you endorse the most leftist radical nominees in the history of the party? It's not a protest vote. I'll tell you why, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not afraid to say this. In 2016, I couldn't vote for Trump or I couldn't vote for Hillary. So you know what I did? I voted for a write-in candidate named Evan McMullen, who was on the ballot on 43 states. Who did not only get about 1% of the vote? But that was my protest vote because I didn't have it in my conscience to vote for Trump, but I didn't have it in my conscience to vote for Hillary. And that's how you know I wasn't doing something out of spite. Because if I was doing something out of spite for Trump, I would have voted for Hillary. No, I did what I thought was right. It's like, you know what, I'm going to stay out of this, but I still want to have it on the record that I voted. So if any so-called Republican that is going to endorse Biden and Harris, it is so clear you are doing it out of spite. If you love your country, forget what Trump said. I know it's not easy, but you do it for the sake of America. Because a Biden and Harris ticket will guarantee you the end of America. And if you cannot, as the wife of a senator who was in power for over 40 years, if you cannot bite your tongue to swallow your pride for your country, I'm sorry. I feel sorry for you, Cindy McCain. Shame on you. George W. Bush, shame on you. John Kasich, shame on you. If you loved your country... I get it. Then stay home and don't vote. But to endorse a ticket that wants nothing but the end of this country? No, you are no longer patriots of this country. I'm sorry. You cannot sit there with a straight face and say you love America. I'm sorry. There's a difference from a protest vote, and there's a difference from an ignorant, in spite vote that can tip the scales of this country to the point of no return into the abyss. So yes, I am deeply appalled by so-called Republicans who are so blinded by their passions, Robert. They are just like the left. They're out of touch with reality. And yes, they're going to throw their endorsement behind the Biden-Harris ticket. Guess what? Any legacy they ever had, it is gone. They are just too blinded to see it. Later on, history will remember them on the wrong side. Just like later, history remembered the Confederacy on the wrong side of history and the Dixiecrats on the wrong side of history for segregation. So the choice is clear, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the choice is clear. Biden doesn't even have a list of the nominees that he would put forth. I wonder why, Robert. Could it be because if he gave a list, it would be so radical that they would be afraid it would jeopardize their campaign? I don't know. 
So the point is, ladies and gentlemen, look, I don't agree with everything Trump doesn't say. Nothing is perfect in politics. But the two choices are night and day, ladies and gentlemen. This is not like previous elections where both platforms were similar. This is night and day. I'm sorry. It is. Look what's going on in Kenosha, in New York, in Chicago. Look what's going on in Louisville today. Two cops got shot tonight. Look what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. The Democrats are endorsing this. They have rubber stamped this. They are allowing this to happen. They want this to happen. So, okay. Hey, I believe that everyone has the right to follow their beliefs. And then say, oh, well, Trump, you uh, – you know, that's what I said. I mean, I believe earlier on the show, or maybe it was just something I said on Twitter, it was like, oh, well, when he was asked by you know, some journalist or so-called journalist, right, uh, about, oh, well, were you unsure whether win, lose, or draw, that it's going to be a, a peaceful transition of power? And they had Trump was like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Because the thing is, is they're trying to box him in because what, he knows that – Win, lose, or draw, there's going to be riots in there. And you knew by him saying, oh, yeah, there'd be a transition to power. You know they're going to come well, – if he wins, there's, there's going to be like, oh, wait a minute. You said there's going to be peace. There's not peace. And if he loses and there's still riots, they're going, to say the, they're going to say the same thing. What they're trying to do is make it look like he's saying, oh, well, I'm going to hold up. And that's what they're trying to do. That's how the media and Absolutely. people like Adam Schiff are trying to spin it. They're trying to say that he's saying, oh, well – uh, no, if I got to be violent, I'm going to stay in office, and that's not what he's saying at all. But of course, you know that's you, what they do is they just twist what he says. Absolutely, and you know what sickens me, Robert, and you know how you know you're winning the battle is when the opposition goes crazy. Like for example, you were saying at the beginning of the show how they're already bothering you on Twitter and throwing you insults about you know having a. I forget what you were saying, uh, some sort of a podium, or what were you saying? Uh, oh, uh, I was going to the bully God. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how you know you're winning, is when you're drawing the other side crazy, when they're going bonkers, to where they can't argue with truth and fact, so the only thing they can resort to is smear tactics. That's how you know, checkmate, I win. I win in chess. I got you. That's how you know. And to be all honest, you don't deserve it, Robert, but in a way, it's kind of satisfaction in knowing our side is winning and they can't handle the truth. And I'll defer back to you, Robert. Well, yeah, and I don't really mind. I mean, you know, I don't really mind it too much. You know, just I just find it interesting. It's, you know, it's like you, you know, you know, this is the, and I know people are probably getting tired of hear it, you know, hearing it, but this is the most the important election, I think, of uh, of at least my lifetime. And I know, my, you know, I can't say my kids because they're they're, they're much much younger, but I mean, we we can't split hairs now. We just can't. We can't afford it. The the enemy, and I'm I'm. I'm that's how I feel about it. I feel like the Democrats and the media, and frankly, the people, a lot of the people who support them, they're the enemy. They are the enemy of the people. At least they're the enemy of the United States, I think. Because as you pointed out, I mean, how can you, how, you know, of course, unfortunately, a lot of these enemy are people who, you know, and, and I'll, I'll, I don't like to use the, the Nazi. I don't like to use the, the Nazi and Hitler uh, analogy, but uh, I, I may call for it here. 
is that you probably had a lot of people, you know, who thought what they were doing, you know, what was right, that they were saving the motherland, they were saving, you know, Germany. And I'm sure there's plenty of Democrats that have been convinced through the Democrat lies and the media's lies that, you know, what they're doing, you know, and supporting uh, Biden, now let's be honest, Harris, uh, for president, I mean, they, I think they really do believe that. Uh, they believe, you know, they've been convinced that. But the other ones, I think, they've just been convinced, you know, to hate Trump. And, and that's what it is. I mean, they're, they're, they're acting out of hate. And, and what I don't understand is, you know, another thing I hear people saying, oh, well, you know, he, he's destroyed America. He's destroyed the government. You know, the government, they're, they're talking about, oh, well, you know, it, it says, well, you know, we have the right to rise up against our government. And I'm like, I find it interesting that – you have a guy, Donald Trump, who's been in office for four years, and how is he the pro- how is he the problem? How is he the government problem when you got someone like Biden who's been in office for forty seven years, and and somehow in four years Trump was wrecked the whole government and made y'all oh, we need to you know uprise against the government? Are you kidding me? Let me tell you something. There's more people who are corrupt in the government that have been it's the career politicians and bureaucrats. Is who you got to look, you know, look out for. Not someone who's who's been in, you know, in office for four years, or someone who's only been. Let's be up frank. Someone who's only been in politics for four years. I mean, how is that? You know, how is he? Oh, how has he dismantled everything in such a short time? He hasn't. But boy, I tell you what, you got the the, the media who's convinced a ton of people that that's actually the case. Now, again, as I said earlier, I wish we were. You know, as vocal. Now it's great. I, I love seeing these parades where you're seeing this, you know, 3,500 boat parade in Florida, and then we actually had one in Northern Kentucky where there was a car parade that you know lasted for a couple hours. You know, so I mean, you you are and now and now the Trump rallies are starting to come back, so you're seeing more of those, and so uh, people are coming out. I mean, I guess you know, taking to the streets except for the Tea Party movement, which I've been calling this for years. I think we need another Tea Party movement. And of course, some people say, "Oh, well, the Republican Party, you know, what they did is they kind of hijacked the, the Tea Party movement," which may or may not be true. Um, I'm leaning more on the side that eh, they probably did, uh, but but unfortunately, we are. And I, I as you know, I, I support third parties and alternate parties and new party affiliations. But I think you vote for them in like the local elections. You know, your city councils and your uh, county commissioners and you know, maybe for your DAs and things of that nature. But when it comes to the three House, I'm telling you, when it comes nationally, your, you know, House, Senate, and the Senate, the Democrats have shown how, how important the Senate is. Because let's say, let's say Trump does get reelected, and they get the, and somehow they're able to get the Senate. You know, they're going to, the first thing they're going to try to do when they win the Senate. And that, you know, again, that goes with our, you know that goes with our title for tonight is what they'll do for power. I talk about oh well, we'll make you know Puerto the House will make Puerto Rico and D.C. And I want to ask you this, Doctor Tolbert, while I'm thinking about it. I mean, to my understanding, constitutionally, and what happened is several things is that in the Constitution, as a territory or as the ten square miles, they became part of the England and the Catholic Church. And they then, under the Constitution, when they did the adjustment of the Civil War and they had to borrow money, they actually sold the land 
the territory that we, you know, the 10 square mile. Now, what they did do is they gave two representatives. So the House of Representatives has two members uh, that are of the 10 square miles. That was even constitutionally incorrect. So there is many things that people aren't understanding that this 10 square miles has taken over to the multi-billions of dollars and totally destructed the Constitution. But they have no right in the Constitution to be a state. And yet that is what the Democratic trying to do with this. And we can prove documents of the change of the Constitution where it used to be a little t, the United States is now called the capital T, the United States of America. And then they incorporated and they don't understand how the money's all tied into the Bank of England. So Congress has committed treason back in the Civil War. Congress today is still committing treason. And the people of the United States, citizens, you know, we're going to go into Jefferson and everybody. The two-party system has is a destruction. Uh, we have to come up with a way, and I know people understand, 33% of the American population today are independent. Both political parties are losing members of what they're doing. But let's take it from a Christian standpoint. We're having the same problem in our churches today. Churches are no longer in communities that will be taken overcome by large majorities and nobody in the community is being taken care of. Well, it's the same thing. We got into the conversation and we did articles and we presented it to the president about Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico as a territory and Puerto Rico to become a state. Congress decided that Puerto Rico needed 51% of its total population to vote for that. Well, what happened only 20% of Puerto Rican people voted. They had the majority. Congress turned it down and said, you can't be a state. Now, people would say, we don't want Puerto Rico to be a state because it's a Democratic Party. And so for that reason, we don't want them to be a state We because they're not whatever, you know, that's going to go into. But we showed the president that if we go into Puerto Rico and build up an economy, we build up the education, we build up the production, Puerto Rico then wouldn't be tied into the Democrats or the Republicans, but they would be tied into getting their country, every state's a country. They'd get them up and running. So everything about being a state or about uh, D.C., Puerto Rico can become a state. Washington, D.C. cannot be sold. That was your question. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought. And, I mean, you know, been talk about, I used to support years ago uh, the idea of Puerto Rico become a state. But, of course, you know, as, as information changes and information comes in, you know, it, it changes one's uh, outlook on things. And, and, yeah, I mean, now I wouldn't, especially for the reason they're wanting to do. I mean, it's frankly, it's just for it's a power grab, which – the irony and the hypocrisy that's out there is, is so unbelievable. As I, you know, you know, I'm watching. Is it, they're trying to say, oh, well, this is a power grab. It's like, well, how is it a power grab? You know, how how is them doing what is constitutional a power grab? But I'm telling you, it's the media. If there's something that we need an overhaul of 
in the United States, it's the media. We we need an absolute overhaul. And I and I don't know if I don't even, I don't know and I don't really have much hope that our media is really going to change. I really don't. I mean, sometimes I feel like us as conservatives are are, are truly losing a, sl- uh, a a losing battle, a slow one. I think you know, but I think eventually, I think eventually it's just all going to turn. You know, it's, it's all going to be liberal. I just really do. I mean, it's it's just amazing because they they can, they can lie and twist and omit things with impunity. Or almost yeah, but impunity. Here's, no, here's the problem, though. Barr can actually go after the new the news media for fraudulent comments. So under these corporations, remember the news media is nothing but a company. It's a corporation. You can actually file charges against them for falsifying information, and you can actually go after them and take these corporations and close them down. Once the news media sees that they're lying, that they're presenting, is going to come after them by the attorney general and by the FEC, they then have to change the way they act. What people don't understand is Romney and Sawyer's are the money behind the news media. So all your news media is being funded by Gates, by Sawyers, and by Romney. We know Romney claims to be a Republican. By the way, he does say he agrees with Trump uh, allowing uh, the person to be put on in front of Congress for the Supreme Court. And there were two people that went against Trump doing it so far, but there's a total of four or five Republicans that would have to be deleted uh, and go on the Democrat side. But the news media is totally out of uh, coercion. Uh, What we're seeing with our talk radio shows and what you do and what we teach and what we send out, the people are coming back to us and saying, why are these other people lying? Why aren't they being filed charges against them? So, you know, you put yourself in a position that the news media has a freedom to do these things. They have a freedom as long as they're not lying, as long as they're not treason, you know, as long as they're not committing a felony. Well, they're doing all this, and they should be. And Barr, I believe, has already started a couple policies uh, ABC, CBS, Fox News, you know, they're just, nothing in it is, is, is correct. They don't give you the constitutionality of their comments. Uh, the, the Floyd that, that got killed, killed himself. Nobody killed him. He took a drug. He had it in his mouth. He died from the drug. And yet the news yeah. media called a, a, a pretense and the news mm-hmm. media didn't put out the videos. The news media uh, are not presenting, you know, what's going on in the house. Uh, nobody knows that Black Lives Matter is a corporation out of England. Uh, it's strictly Islam. It's it's strictly money coming in. It's and, and the money from that is strictly going to the Democratic Party. And and that people says, well, you know, why are we having these riots? Every riot you see, there are three to seven people being paid. To cause a riot, it's not a protest. It's oh, a well, they're riot. trying to so, say it's white supremacists. Anyone here ever heard right. about the Umbrella Man? There's some new kooky theory. Oh, the Umbrella Man. Like, what the hell is the Umbrella Man? Go ahead. No, and that's exactly correct. In fact, I like what Trump said the other day. He said, uh, uh, "By the way, we cannot come in the states and do a rally." 
So from now on, wherever we go, we're doing a protest because we're allowing people to <laughs> protest with the virus, but we can't do a rally. We can we not we can't have church meetings, uh, you know. But yet we can have thousands of people to come up and a rally, which becomes a becomes a protest. So he's saying, you know, from now on, we're just we're just we're just going to totally change it. That we're just doing protests and we're going to travel to these states and we're going to protest and you guys all come. Then we're also finding the videos you're seeing on CBS, NBC, and Fox showing how many people Biden has. They're now finding that there's a duplication of the videos were actually from Trump's protest. I heard about that. I see that earlier, actually. Yeah, yeah. So all this, that's just, again, the news media. Fictitionizing, putting together, and actually, what happened is there were uh, people in the federal government went after them and showed that if you don't make corrections and you continue this, we're going to bring legal charges against you. So then they started making corrections because they got caught in their act. So there's just a lot of things that people aren't following. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Robert. Oh no, no, go ahead. Certainly. <laughs> It's, it's true, and I, until I got, um, gosh, I can't believe we've only gone through uh, an hour already. I was hoping our guest. Um, I mean, I know he's real busy and he's, he has a lot coming on, but I was hoping to have uh, Jim Conda Jr. on tonight. Uh, he is the one of the founders of, of Watch to Vote USA, and you know, I, I spoke with him the other night, and he said it's about coming on, and I, I sent him a text, and uh, I will. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll we'll hear from him late before it's, it's unable to call in. Uh, but anyway, you mentioned Joy Sawyer, so uh, you know, Kelly sent me this. It's just a, a, a short, uh, a short audio clip where you had uh, Gingrich bringing up, uh, you know, Sawyer's by a paint off the A's. Now, well, I get this keyed up. I mean, one of the things that you know, Bloomberg's doing, I'm sure people here have heard in the news, is, you know, he paid, like, the restitutions and the fines of, like, 32 convict, you know, felons so that they, they can vote for uh, Biden in Florida. I'm sure you've probably heard about that, Dr. Tolbert. Yeah, and what he's doing, they're actually, in the state of Florida, uh, they have made a decision that you cannot vote if you owe money. So you may have right. filled your time. Even if all this stuff may be done, but if you owe twenty dollars, you're not allowed to vote. So there are people to include Sawyer's and people from New York, and what they're doing, they're coming into Florida and say, "You vote for Biden, we'll pay your fine." And so they're committing a crime by doing this. Right, it's, it's bribery. Criminal. And you know, Bloomberg and all these other people. Um, the American people don't understand. They're thinking, well, this is political. You know, we we did an article that it would take about $50 million just to get on the ballot in 50 states. $50 million to get on the ballot in Florida as a writing candidate. And as you guys know, I've, I've ran for the Senate and, and Congress. And when Miss Walsh came to me, I had nine people come to me, wanted me to run for the vice president. I'm doing it more out of civilization of being able to talk about issues. But uh, could you imagine our political system is so bad that states are restricting us to get on the ballot because we have to pay $50 million 
and only a candidate can run for office that is a multimillionaire. Multimillionaire, did you legally get the money? How did you get the money? You take Bill Gates, total, totally a socialist, totally part of Marxism and communism. So is Romney. So is Sawyer's. You know, so is uh, a GM. People don't understand how corrupt the United States is today. And we go back to Jefferson said it, the two-party system will destroy us. Uh, if you're $10 million in your pocket and you're earning 30 to $40 million a month to run your political campaign, how much of that money is going into your personal pocket? And we find that every candidate getting donations is using their money for personal reasons, not just political reasons. But there should be the newspaper should be no cost for anybody to run for a political office. They should be able to run, get free advertisement, and they stopped that from happening, what, 20 years ago when he took my right away? So if a guy was running for the president and he was in your Sun Sentinel, I, with no money, had a right to be in that same newspaper. Well, they changed that law. So there's so much corruption in the entire United States you know, I deal with, and I know a lot of people know this, I deal with Venezuela. My wife is actually still in Venezuela, and we're now a year and a half later. We're, we're, they're going to make us go to Boca Talk, Colombia, because there's no embassy. And we wrote, hmm. when I met her, I was writing articles on Venezuela. Everything you see in the United States took place in Venezuela. The Supreme Court in Venezuela closed down the Congress and the president in the Supreme Court actually took over Venezuela. So the Congress in Venezuela had to move, and they're now sitting in Washington, D.C. For, for Venezuela. We have no embassy in Venezuela. What we have here is a Congress and a president, and I'm going to put this together quietly, that are trying to control the Supreme Court so that the rules and laws made illegally by the two branches are being passed by the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court is not saying that the president has no right to do the DACA. They're not doing that. They didn't go into Obama had no right to do Obamacare. Uh, the Supreme Court ruled on uh, uh, homosexuality, uh, said that the state of Florida in the Constitution of the Tenth Amendment said marriage is one man and one woman. Supreme Court overruled the state of Florida instead of the state of Florida saying you don't have a right to do it. We'll do what we want and, you know, we'll put it on the ballot and if you want a legal marriage we'll let you have a legal marriage, but if you want a church Christian wedding of the First Amendment. So our Supreme Court is totally out of, of, of touch. People that are in the Supreme Court are totally gone. Will we get a member of the Supreme Court within the next 40 days that will truly support the Constitution. Should we be putting a person in because they're Spanish in order to gain Hispanic votes? Remember, that's one of the reasons why one of oh, the support. Yeah, and we really have to question all this. Go ahead, Robert. No, I no, I mean I know she's one of the the, the she's probably in the top two. 
I mean, I, I think Amy Barrett will be the um, – uh, I think that she'll be the ultimate pick. I think she'll be the one he nominates. Now, I know there's some thinking, oh, it'd be a good idea because, you know, for the Hispanic, but this is a lifetime appointment. And, and I really don't think, I don't think Trump's that political enough. And I'd be shocked actually, if he, you know, picks her and not, and not uh, Amy Barrett, it, uh, frankly. I mean, I think, I mean, I wish they would have picked Amy instead of, um, oh shoot, brain freeze. Um, Kavanaugh, but I mean, I, I think you know. But let's keep thinking. You know, if a man go, leaves, they'll they'll put in a man. If a woman leaves, they'll put in a woman, which I think is kind of stupid too. But uh, I would yeah, just say, you can't I mean, base I guess, it on You have to base it on uh, the fact. Now, what people don't understand, you don't need to be a natural citizen to be on the Supreme Court or in Congress. You only need to be a natural citizen to be a vice president or the president. So they can pick these people. You also don't need them. We talked about this before. You don't need to be a lawyer, and yet they're picking people. Why not pick a college professor whose classes is strictly the Constitution? Why not take somebody that is totally and just does nothing but the Constitution and put them on the Supreme Court? Well, you know, this is political. The, the choosing of your Supreme Court justice is now a political issue. It is not about the legality or the enhancement of the U.S. Constitution. And people have to understand that whether we agree or not, I'm totally in agreement. We need, I don't disagree. We, we need it today. We don't need it tomorrow. So this is not about the election. It's a, about the requirement. What if the Supreme Court had to make a ruling and the ruling affected the United States of America, and you had a tie, which means it goes back to the states. So remember, in the case of a tie, it goes back to the states, and the states have to then do it under their jurisdiction, and it is not then solved by the Supreme Court. So all these factors are causing so many things. Should a woman be picked? I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. It would not be a bad idea to have a diversified group because intelligence of a woman is greater than the intelligence of a man in certain areas. Uh, Other areas, there would be a difference in training and school and education. So it doesn't hurt to have it diversified. But why are we putting gender as a factor of are nine judges on the Supreme Court. You know, this is another thing, you know. Um, so it's supposed to reflect it, the United States, the makeup of the United States is, supposed, is what the logic of that's supposed to be. Yeah, but you can't sit there and say, I have to have three men, two women. I have to have one black. I have to have one Cuban. Uh, you know, that's what they did with the military in certain areas, and they really just messed mm-hmm. everything up. Uh, right. You know, we we get rid of this thing on your driver's license and, and your medical records and your voters' registrations that I'm a man or a woman. I, I'm, I'm totally against this. I think it's a violation of my freedom of rights. Uh, you're going to give me a job at a lesser amount of money because I'm a woman, uh, but then I'm going to complain I'm not making more money as a man, but then I fired the man and he doesn't have a job now because I took his job. Because I accepted less money. Well, if you hadn't accepted the less money and competed for the higher salary, 
you'd have had to be as good or equal to the other person. So people are accepting jobs and positions at lesser money and then complaining that they're not making the money that the man was making that got fired. Yeah, it's certainly a mess. I can see why some people want to just, you know, not, not do anything. Uh, stick around. I was thinking about, man, I'm just going to move to Ireland. But um, actually, I can't do that yet. But I don't know if I ever will. But I do got um, an audio I was going to play real quick. And, and this is be kind of your point. Now, there's a we're hearing that I'll play the uh, well, first I'll play the audio, and then I'll, uh, then I've got an article here. Um, uh, about it, but this is a quick audio that Kelly sent to me. Yeah, he sent me another one, but I, I didn't upload that, so I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt. But um, I do got uh, this audio which I want to play real quick, and you'll see that towards the end, um, when he, you know, a person who was uh, well, you'll hear, and then we'll we'll talk about that, and then I'll get the article. Speaker Gingrich, I know yeah. you have a final thought for us. Yeah, look. The number one problem in almost all these cities is George Soros-elected, left-wing, anti-police, pro-criminal district attorneys who refuse to keep people locked up. Uh, Just yesterday, they put somebody back on the street who's wanted for two different murders in New York City. Uh, You cannot solve this problem, and both Harris and Biden have talked very proudly about what they call progressive district attorneys. Progressive district attorneys are anti-police, pro-criminal, and overwhelmingly elected with George Soros' money, and they're a major cause of the violence we're seeing because they keep putting the violent criminals back on the street. I'm not sure we need to bring George Soros into this. (laughs) I was going to say you get the last word, Speaker. (laughs) He, he, He paid for it. I mean, why can't we discuss the fact that millions no, of dollars... I, I agree with Melissa. George Soros doesn't need to be a part of this conversation. Okay. So it's verboten. All right. We're going to... Yeah, so it's forbidden to bring up uh, uh, Soros. And I got this uh, this article. It says, Fox News panel gets very awkward when host pushes back on Gingrich involving George Soros. So it's verboten. It says, uh, things get remarkably awkward on Fox News Outnumbered Wednesday after Newt Gingrich evoked George Soros as he talked about crime in the cities across the country. Melissa Francis uh, talked about the consequences of violence and rioting and people communities who have suffered as a result. Quote, for a lot of people, they see the numbers around the destruction, and they don't think about that every one of those businesses is a family, is a face, is a person struggling with no way to support their family. Gingrich then jumped in to partly blame George Soros, uh, and then you heard the audio there. Francis immediately spotted, I'm not sure we need to bring George Soros into this. He paid for it, Gingrich insisted. Why can't we discuss the fact that millions of dollars uh, – no, we didn't. Uh, Marie uh, Harf chimed in. I agree with Melissa. George Soros doesn't need to be a part of this conversation. Okay, Gingrich remarked, so it's verboten to a rather awkward silence of the air before Harris Funkness move on. And one thing here, you'll see a little picture here on, on Bard's Logic um, on the Blog Talk Radio, a little picture. It says, Melissa Fran- – here's an interesting thing. It says, Melissa Francis is married to Ray Thorne, who is the managing director at Sightway Capital, a Two Sigma company owned by guess who, right, George Soros. 
So Melissa Francis is married to Ray Thornton, who is the managing director at Sightway Capital, which is owned by George Soros. So there's her connections with George Soros right there yeah. on Fox News. That's why, you know, I'm, I've been moving a little bit more, a little bit more away from Fox News. I mean, of course, I don't even, I mean, they're doing the first, and I wonder why they're doing the first debate. I always wondered why they're doing the first debate. And of course, then they have Wallace, right? Chris Wallace being the moderator, which I think he's, of all of them, he's probably the worst one uh, to do it. He's probably the first, the, the worst one to be a moderator. Yeah, and, you know, bringing back uh, Kelly for a minute, and I don't know if anybody has talked much about his uh, amendment to, uh, to the House of Representatives going to the Senate, and it hasn't yeah, been decided Yeah, the postal thing for the ballot. I think that's something, you know, we took and we sent it to a lot of the senators and the different governors and uh, the House and everybody. In fact, the simplicity of what Kelly had presented was that uh, there's a way to put a tra- tracking number on all the ballots and that coming up soon in October, people will be submitting a ballot and there will be duplication of these ballots of people that have died and not alive or people doing two or three ballots and the tracking number would prevent that. It would have also prevented Trump to be concerned about false ballots and he would have had to shut up. Uh, it would have backed him up. It would have backed up uh, the American citizen. But none of the news media are sponsoring tracking a ballot. And it goes back to your answer. Uh, people are being paid uh, to not be responsible for the voting in America. Uh, it, it just, you know, you do an absentee ballot, it's tracked. But if you do a ballot for the election, what they're doing now, there's no tracking on it. So the best way to people to overcome this problem is tomorrow, it's a tea ballot if you don't want to go to the poll. Uh, there are certain uh, states that are forbidden people to go to the poll. Uh, after the November election, the virus is gone. Uh, we've uh, ruled a health organization. We requested the president remove himself in the United States. He did that. Uh, we requested the CDC relook at things. We, we requested that Fauci be put out of the picture. That's all been done. Uh, all these things uh, that's going on with falsification of documentation and using this virus is strictly a political agenda for the president. Mm-hmm. It was started by the Democratic Party. Is it, you know, and I talk to people that it's worldwide, and I try to make a comment to them. Uh, This year, you only have 30,000 people that are dying from the flu and the influenza, and the years passed for X number of years. You had 120,000, you know, 90,000. Now you have an increase of deaths of 200,000, which is the, uh, the virus, which is, in fact, untrue. Uh, your, your numbers aren't 200,000. You have an influx of the influenza, the flu, and the virus. And then nobody gets back into the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s where millions and millions of people died from different diseases, swine flu and blah, blah. We could just go on from there. And we didn't close the economy. We didn't close the world down. 
uh, we got through it in production. Well, closing down the economy and jobs means Trump doesn't get elected. Uh, continue with the virus means Trump doesn't get elected. Uh, the fault, there's people running in the state of Florida says Trump doesn't support the military. And so Brian Mass should not be allowed to run as a representative. And she was in the uh, military and she was a commander in the military and she's a Democrat and therefore she should run and be elected to office. And they're going against, and how many, how many people are not telling you? We have a higher number of education graduates. Part of this, and I'm sorry. Hello, are you still there, Dr. Tolbert? Did we lose his audio? I think it was NSA Bob Roberts. Oh, no, he just it just it just dropped. But let's go ahead, uh, Joseph. Then I do got another audio. Obviously, uh, I'm going to play unless he gets uh, gets called back. Uh, but go ahead. Absolutely. So I agree with uh, Dr. Tolbert. Um, you have them, a lot of Americans who don't have an understanding of uh, the Constitution. However, it is a lifetime appointment. But if Trump is not elected, we don't get to that lifetime appointment. So I understand where Dr. Tolbert is coming from a constitutional aspect, but answer his question as to why Trump may be choosing um, the female from Florida, uh, the Cuban uh, American from Florida uh, for Hispanic votes, it, it, it's a campaign strategy uh, because it's, it's do or die. And although I don't agree with it, I understand why it's being done. We have 40 days to go. And like I was saying at the beginning of the show, if Biden and Harris wins, the end of America as we know it will be an inevitability. That's it, guys. Forget it. We're done. So I think Trump is trying to do what's in the best interest country and also following strategy campaign-wise because he realizes that this is do or die and the Dems are doing everything to rig this election. So – if you look at it from a campaign strategy aspect, you have to go this way because he has to get – he has to garner a decent percentage of the Latino vote to be able to get ac across that threshold. So it is unfortunate that our next Supreme Court uh, justice may be nominated for the wrong reasons constitutionally, but in my opinion – and this is just my opinion, Robert – if it's for the sake of saving America, then so be it. Because a lifetime appointment is really not a lifetime appointment. Um, usually these justices are in their 40s. Uh, most people don't live past their 80s. Uh, the longevity is not the same as it was uh, in the 20th century or in the 19th century, um, which kind of doesn't also make sense because uh, you know science is much more advanced than it was in the 19th or the 20th century. Um, so, however, it, it's a campaign strategy, and at this point, the Trump team realizes that the Dems are going to pull everything, including the kitchen sink, to rig this election. They've basically uh, implied that they are going to try to rig the election, 
that's why they're trying to get ballot harvesting. That's why they're trying to get mail-in ballots in all 50 states. So at this point, it's do or die, and it's a campaign strategy. And if it you needs know, to be done for the sake of our country, Robert, I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm, I, I can live with it as long as I know that America is going to continue to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. And a couple of things. One, I got uh, to that in the, in the chat where, yeah, congratulations. It looks like she said she went to poll worker training for two hours. And I've done that. I was a, uh, a precinct uh, assistant captain, and I was a precinct captain one year. I tell you what, it's a lot of work, let me tell you. Um, uh, and it's, with the poll worker training for two hours, mail-in ballots are one of the things we learned how to search for a register of voters uh, for confirmation it was received. Oh, that's great. I said, um, and I think uh, Trump knows that a qualified female candidate would help streamline the nomination process. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that – I still think it's going to be, and I think it should be, uh, Amy uh, Barrett. I mean, because, yeah, the, I think if he does the, – the, he loses either way at the media, of course, but because, you know, I mean, even if he did do – I can't remember the, her, her name, the, 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 the Cuban one, uh, but – but if you picture that, oh, that's blatantly political, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, Dr. Colbert is back on the line, so you got cut off there, Dr. Colbert, when you're finishing, so go ahead. Yeah, what happens is the people that monitor my telephone, when I hit a point they don't like, they cut me off. So that's <laughs> just the, that's part of the federal government's say, way of doing things. Yeah, you know, yeah, and you know, I I agree that there is reasons why people think they should do or should not do, but the communist socialism Marxism of our political parties, and you know, we filed a lawsuit against both the Democrats and the Republicans, and they actually put the paperwork where we're showing that two corporations are not allowed to intermingle and exchange ideas about a product unless. The consumer is aware of the products and what they're doing. Since these political parties are now 501c4s, they cannot go behind the doors and have discussions, and people don't understand, even though they say they don't like each other, there's still a lot of manipulation. Uh, If you give me this, I'll give you that, but we won't tell the American people. Uh, we we just have a real real problem in America. Uh, somehow, some way, a person like Trump, without Pence, unfortunately, I'm not for Pence totally, uh, needs to be in our Congress. They need to be in our on our Supreme Court. Uh, their lack of political background. And, you know, he's now more – I had somebody tell me the other day, if all the presidents, Trump is more aware of the Constitution than any other president. And that's because he listens to Robert or Karen or Sally or letters we send. But it's been a long time since we've had a president say, I have a constitutional right to do this or there's a constitutional reason why we shouldn't do this, and we can go and do this under the Constitution because of this. Uh, You know, uh, we're not going to go into your state and tell you to wear a mask because that's your problem under the Constitution. But if you want our help, you have to ask us for us to come and do it. So Trump is using the Constitution as president 
where none of the last presidents over the last three to ten presidents followed the Constitution. So um, we really got to get into it. I think the president could have forced uh, the Congress, and I believe he's still trying to, on the ballots. Uh, I haven't heard the Senate say yes or no. I only heard them say they're going to fund, what is it, $9 trillion, or maybe it's more than that, 20-some trillion, to the post office, who, which is totally corrupt. You know, So I'll just let you go from there. Where's Kelly at tonight? Um, I don't know. Maybe he's on another date. <laughs> he uh, he left uh, early last week. He had a date. Maybe it uh, maybe it went well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I I hear that. It's just like you know you know my wife and I going to Colombia for a month and or two, and then we're going to travel to 195 countries over the next three to five years. We're putting together what we call the uh, virtual reality hybrid school systems. And uh, hybrid means you're going to have the at-home virtual where you will be able to talk to people in different parts of the state and the world as a young person uh, under your education. You'll go to a classroom, and you'll have on-the-job training. And what is so funny about that is that we ended up with 70 countries that have joined us since I started writing and working on this, and not one person from the United States is working with me and Africa. I'm working with Cambodia, Trinidad, uh, South America. I mean, it just goes on and on and on how they're wanting to teach their children, how they want to feed their children, how they want to educate their children. And the people in America could care less. Our education system is totally corrupt. So uh, I'm glad Kelly's got a date tonight and for the last two years. They tell me I can't have a date because my I'm married and my wife is in Venezuela, so I have to wait. <laughs> I gotcha. I mean, I'm just speculating. I don't know I've heard from him, uh, but I'm just speculating that uh, that he's on a date. But anyway, I don't know what happened to our uh, Jim Condor, our guest for tonight. He was. Uh, I called him. I mean, we spoke earlier this week. I think it was Monday. Uh, we spoke and. Uh, he was going to come on and, and go over some things, but I know. I mean, he's working with what you know, Watch the Vote USA. So maybe where, you know, he's he's, he's doing some work with that. And maybe him and Kelly are both working on something because they're both with Watch the Vote uh, USA. But I do. I mean, I was going to play this later on to the show, but you know, I, I think with the way things have gone, it's more in line with this uh, this next uh, this next audio clip and. Uh, this one, well, you know, I mean, well, maybe I'll play it in the next hour. Uh, but I did want to get to the one where, now again, I'm not saying anything, and I feel you know bad about, of course, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and things of that nature. You know, I mean, when, when anyone passes away, you know, not anyone, but most people, including her, um, pass away. But the, I mean, and I kind of felt sorry for some of these people, and you're, you're going to hear them in a minute. On you know just how affected they are by you know her passing. Now some of it's going to sound funny. Um, you know, and it's somebody kind of is because it, it, it's kind of overdoing. I mean, I remember when Leonard Neboy passed away, I was upset. Not that I cried or anything, but uh, but anyway, so this is kind of half and half. One showing like the kind of a meltdown that some people had, and then if the second part is about uh, Trump, and I really like the the music, especially in the second part. But I'm gonna go ahead and mute our mics and, and play this for folks. And this is how you know people are reacting. 
to her passing. Again, I mean, one of these ladies, and, and, and you probably know who, but listen to one of these uh, people uh, in particular. And, and when I'm listening to her, the way she's feeling about Ruth Bader getting her passed away, I almost felt sad for her that she's in such a, a, a scared state. Um, I mean, we're all kind of. I would say anxious about this election. I mean, I can't. I can't say I'm not. I mean, I'm not scared with fear, um, but it's you know, it is it's probably the most stressful campaign that I've ever um, been involved. Not involved in, but I mean, you know, just talk with the show and following politics. But I'm going to go ahead and get this audio here real quick. And before I play it real quick, I just want to get put a little disclaimer. If you're all listening to the archive and you have children about and you don't want them to hear profanity, uh, you may want to have them leave the room uh, before listening to this because there's a lot of F-bombs, unfortunately. Um, but luckily we're not. Uh, it needs to be FCC compliant so we can play those here. Um, but just as a point of warning, so if you have kids in the – in the room, you might want to pause this recording before you play it again and uh, start it back up. Thank you. I just about had it with 
America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Again, uh, you probably could tell who the girl was who I kind of felt sorry for. I mean, she was so scared. I don't want my rights taken away. And that's that's the thing about the Democrats, man. I swear they they do they put so much fear into people. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. Um, and and expect and without any evidence. Uh, that's what I don't understand. It's like ask ask anybody. It's like besides COVID. You know, how does the Trump administration negatively affected your life? And and that's China. I mean, seriously, that's not even – that's not even, you know, of course, they want to say, well, this is Trump's America, and, oh, this is Trump's pandemic. It's like, are you serious? I mean, there's even talk about how the coronavirus was created, and I contend that if it, if it was, I'm, st- I'm starting to think that maybe this virus was meant to, you know, call, you know, call out what would be considered the weak. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of viruses and stuff do uh, – you know, affect people who have pre-existing conditions more uh, than those who don't. And we don't have lost Dr. Colbert. I don't know if he was gone for the evening or not, but um, I don't have a text, so maybe it dropped again. Um, and so uh, I was hoping I'd hear – I thought I heard from my, our, our, our guest tonight. But so you don't – man, I hate when I lose my train <laughs> like that. This is what happens when you – talk 12 hours a day, you know, a day, but, you know, so you have all those, those things and boy, I'm starting to sound like Biden. <laughs> I just cracked myself up. Anyway, I just seen the time. Uh, there is only about 20 minutes. If you'd like to get to the, to 20 minutes, we'll be going to uh Bard's logic after dark, which means if you're uh, out there listening, you're in the chat and you want to chime in or listen to the, uh, the next hour, give us a call at five one. I'm sorry, I must get my my cell phone number out. Yeah, you know, don't people call my cell phone. Uh, just some people. We know at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. You know, one just got this thing on Twitter where you're something like, you know, Ron Staten wasn't talking to me, so talking about somebody else, but I thought I'd answer for him. Case for Trump in 280 characters with zero ad hominem and no reference to the opposition, enlightened the rest of us smug bastard. But anyway, so you I mean look, look no, no new wars, Artemis program, increasing my four one K opportunity zones, border wall, America first, you know, NATO pays their fair share. You know, Trump not a career politician, stronger military. He gave the GOP a spine. I mean what else? What other things would you say uh that would be a uh to state the case for Trump? Well I mean what do you think, Joseph? Absolutely. On top of uh, he eradicated the ISIS caliphate, which uh, the Democrats don't want to talk about, which is uh, what the uh, secretary, uh, former secretary of state Hillary Clinton is the one and the Obama Biden administration is the one who promoted regime change uh, when they got rid of uh, Gaddafi. 
and the ISIS filled in the vacuum uh, on top of uh, Trump just uh, pa- uh, just forging uh, one of the most historic uh, Middle East peace agreements uh, in modern history, uh, on top of having one of the best booming economies and uh, one of the lowest unemployment numbers in over 40 years, especially amongst African Americans and Latinos, and on top of having a president for the first time who has the spine to fight back against the mainstream media, who has the spine to tell it as it is, who has the spine to call out his own party when they have done wrong, or both sides of the aisle, who's had the spine to not cave in uh, to the Democrats or to the rank-and-file Republicans. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, I mean... Prior to COVID, this economy was soaring. Uh, This is the first uh, president under the Republican banner who is uh, not a warmonger. Uh, If anything, he's actually Hillary Clinton, her uh, foreign policies, she uh, she was – she's more of a warmonger than anything, and she's all the way to the left. If anything, uh, I agree with Trump. Uh, Also, another – uh, important fact to point out as to why you should vote for Trump is because he's the first president in a very long time to actually say that, you know what, help should come at home first. Help comes to Americans first, and we have to stop being the world's police, and we have to stop nation building, and we need to bring our troops home, and we need to take care of our vets. Not only that, before Trump took office, we had the weakest United States military depleted. Uh, he built up the military. He restored dignity back to our country. Uh, the litany goes on and on, and I'm not being biased. These are all facts. These are all factually based. Uh, if anyone wants to do their research, they could feel free to do so. Uh, these are not opinions. So, uh, you know, the liberals, they don't have a case. The only case they have is COVID, 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 and it's somehow Trump's fault. And before that... All we heard for the past three years was Russia collusion, Russia collusion. Like I said at the beginning of the show, when you don't have a positive record to run on, the only thing you can resort to is smear tactics. And that's all the substance they've been able to have over the past three years, which in reality isn't substance. They have no substance. They have no messaging. They have no platform. They have no just reason uh, or referendum on Trump's policy to say that he's not worthy of the presidency. So instead, what they do is they do what they do best, is they play the fear-mongering card. And just like you said at the beginning of the show, I know you don't want to use the Nazi analogy, but why is the Nazi analogy so used so much? It's because it is so reminiscent of how it happened. It's because One person, Hitler, rose to power, and he was able to convince a whole German nation it was just immoral to eradicate the Jewish population. It was just immoral to try to take over the world, and it was for the fatherland. And he convinced all these people uh, with Joseph Goebbels, his ministry of propaganda, and he was a master at it. 
And that is what the mainstream media is. Ladies and gentlemen, the mainstream media are many little Joseph Goebbels, you know, like mini me from Austin Powers, because they would do Joseph Goebbels proud. And I'm not being sarcastic about it. I mean it in in a very, very sad way. Because they have been able to convince the majority of this country, if MSNBC says the sky is gray, everyone who watches it is going to come and say, oh, well, MSNBC said it, so it's true. It has to be true. <laughs> CNN true. said it, so it has to be true. NBC said it, so it has to be true. Because nobody wants to seek the truth anymore. You know why, Robert? Because it's too damn hard. It's easier to look the other way. It's easier to look the other way, especially when – The media channels are playing your narrative, playing the narrative that you believe in. And like that girl that was crying, that's why ideologues, ideology, demagoguery, it's so dangerous. Because not only do I think she was going insane or or, or berserk over the death of Ruth Gates Ginsburg, um, but I don't believe it was also out of fear. It's also out of belief is their ideology takes them so far to the extreme where their emotions they can't control it they can't control their emotions they can't control their actions which is why blm runs rampant in the streets causing anarchy and chaos and antifa they can't control it they can't and so the 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 sad part and the sad reality is that girl who is flipping out well that's what ideologues do they believe so much in the cause uh, that if, if they lose someone who is dear to the cause, well, they go crazy. Um, you know, there were a lot of Nazis, key Nazis, who died in the war. And remember how the Third Reich would throw a whole, you know, a whole funeral for them with all the honors and everything. And then all the Germans would come and they would, you know, cry their tears and, you know, that's what ideology does, ladies and gentlemen. Ideologues, demagoguery, it's a dangerous game to play, and I don't care if it's from the left or the right or the middle. It's dangerous, and it's opening up Pandora's box. And yes, it makes people go berserk, and it makes people become impulsive and not think or not act rationally. It's a dangerous game to play, ladies and gentlemen. So the mainstream media would do Joseph Goebbels proud. I'm telling you that, and I don't mean it in a sarcastic way. I mean it in a very, very sad, tragic way. This is everything that our country fought, but everything that we sacrificed to defeat Nazi Germany. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Democratic Party are the fourth right. And no, I'm not not hyperbole. I'm not, but if you look at their platform and agenda, it is very similar to the platform and agenda and the talking points of the Nazis in their early stages, not in the late stages after they invaded Poland. And then it was very clear to the world that what they were committing was war crimes and atrocities, and you know they were um, you know, trying to wipe out the Jewish race. At that point, it became clear anyone who was on board with the, the Third Reich, you, you can't say you didn't know what was going on. Uh, I'm talking about before that, you know, how Hitler rose to power, why the German Nazi um, analogy is used so much. It's because it was done in such an amazing, 
fashion. And it was in and, and, and the fact that one man was able to form the Nazi party and was able to sway so many masses to believe what he was saying was just and moral, and not only believe, but to worship him as a god, to kneel to him as a god, to swear an oath of allegiance to him as a god. Ladies and gentlemen, listen closely to what the Democrats are doing and saying. It is the very same thing, not at the same level. But it is the very same thing that they are espousing. And I'm going to tell you something. Any Democrat who is deceased right now is rolling over in their grave and saying, what has his party become? Mm-hmm. Because the one well, they come, they, they become the National that, Socialist Party of the America. I, I, absolutely. And, and, and the one commonality that the Democrats and the Republicans always agreed on until 2016 is they and the one thing they could always agree on is we had to fight communism we had to fight mccarthyism mm-hmm. we had to fight socialism we could never allow that to come to our shores that's why i say the democratic icons like fdr or jfk i mean they would be rolling over in their graves right now and saying where has our party gone because if they were alive today, they would speak out. Another example, the Kennedy race. For the first time in history, a Kennedy lost in a Democratic primary. What does that tell you, ladies and gentlemen? That's a wake-up call. Who would have ever thought that? Yes, a Kennedy lost in the primary to a left-wing radical because the Kennedy who was running, for forgive me for not knowing his name, he wasn't left enough. So if JFK was alive today and FDR was alive today, they wouldn't even be welcomed in their left-wing party. If anything, AOC would be oh, getting no, up and certainly. saying, you're not Democrats. Get out of here. Get, get lost. Yeah, you need to go to the Republican enough. Party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, JFK exactly. would be a Republican at this point. Exactly, and that's why Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Tulsi Gabbard was ousted. Tulsi Gabbard, she yep. was ousted. She wasn't welcome. And you know what? Oh no, I gotta she give kudos to Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, because she stuck to her guns, and she left the party. And it's gonna pay dividends one day when the Democrats go back to being blue dogs. It's gonna pay dividends. She left. Well, well, she when did she the leave the party? I mean, I know she started. Did well, she leave the party? In sense, leaving the party because she resigned as congresswoman and refused to not run again. So she left the oh, political gotcha. circle. She could have ran again gotcha. and made a choice not to run again. So that's that's pretty much a form wow. of leaving the party. That's pretty much leaving the political I gotcha. arena. Um, I don't blame oh, her. Wow. Some, so were hoping, another some, thing de- some Democrats were hoping she'd run in, two, in 2024, actually, <laughs> but in a primary. Uh, but. Correct. 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 But you know what, Robert? Be careful what you wish for. Going back to the Supreme Court, it was Harry Reid in 2013 that opened up Pandora's box with the nuclear option. He opened it up, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't the Republicans. It was the Democrats. And so Trump is smart to say, we're going to use the nuclear option for the Supreme Court. We're going to use it. We have it to our disposal. 
Well, and also they said, look, if they want to try to pack the courts, well, if the Republicans get in, you know get in power, then they can just turn around and do the same thing. Absolutely, FDR tried to pack the courts to get his things rubber stamped. FDR tried to do that in the 1930s, which a lot of people don't know. So, you know, that's why I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, I, I you know, Robert, I'm, I'm with you. I'm never going to understand the logic of anyone who can say that you are a supporter of the Democratic Party of today. And I'm saying of today. I'm not saying of 10, 20 years ago. I'm saying of today. I, I, I will never understand that world. I will never understand that logic because everything they are standing for is day and night from what the Republicans well, are standing for. And don't get me wrong, Robert, I agree with you. Both are equally culpable. The, the two-party system hasn't worked in a long time. But you know what? And I would love – I think what they do in Ireland is brilliant. I think that they are a, a, a great shining example. And it's a shame that we don't have that example in America. Uh, you would think that we'd be the first ones to adopt that, you know, having a different party system, having different options. But it, it is what it is, and those are the only two choices we have, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what I try to tell people. It's like, look, I get it. I don't support the two-party system. They're both corrupt entities, but at this point, it's the lesser of the two evils. But it's night and day this time. It's not well, like previous elections where you could say it's close. Well, and, and actually, uh, and I've got uh, s- some other callers in, one's a Skype caller, so I'm going to do some get, get you in the green room in a minute. But I'm, I'm, the, the way you uh, you guys, we don't, we don't coordinate this on, on the show, folks, who are, who are out there listening, is that the way that what we have here on the show just kind of segues into uh, the audio clips, it just amazes me sometimes. But but when you're talking about day and night, I did, I did have this audio clip, and all the audio clips and videos, definitely watch those, and you have other videos that you can watch uh, that I think are great, uh, again, on this week's uh, Bards Logic Newsroom. And by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, I don't know how much longer I'm going to have uh, – I'm not going to be working next week, and I'm considering looking at a new website provider for the very fact that I can't get a hold of anybody. And if I'm going to be doing business with someone, I want to have a way to get – you know. and so I, I don't like not being able to contact them, and so – you know, there's some tweaking I wanted to do on the on the website, but it's it's not working, especially on the newsroom page. Like every once in a while, there'll be something. You know, when I put it together, uh, an article will pop up, and for some reason, I can't get get it get it take it down. And so I want to get a hold of them, but I can't. So I might have to go to a different provider. But anyway, it's a good segue into our next one. That actually really show. You know, again, if I, I wish I could have put this this video, and again, you go to the Bard's Logic Newsroom, you can see all these. There's, there's great videos this week. And also, you could subscribe, so you could get a weekly... Uh, so definitely go there, subscribe to the uh, the newsroom. You're not going to get inundated, you know, with emails. You're going to get an email once a week. You're going to get an email Tuesday night saying oh, the Bard's Logic Newsroom is out. Uh, you'll get that Tuesday night. You'll get it once a, just once a week. You're not going to get inundated by subscribing to it, to the email. Once a week, boop, that's it. 
and they don't cost you anything either, so I'm not making any money. Actually, I actually spend my own money to do the show. I don't make any money doing this like, at all. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, check that out. And But anyway, so watch the videos for the audios and others, but I'm going to play this one. And again, I wish I could have sent this to the person on Twitter. It's like, well, well, show us why you want to vote for Trump, you know, instead of – and frankly, as I'm saying, the Republican Party – uh, and you know I'm an independent, you know, and, you know, support, as you said, the third-party systems. But anyway, we only got two minutes if you guys want to chime in or listen to the extended version, uh, or if we'd love you to like to call it, at 347-945-7428, because if you, if you don't, you will not be able to listen to the uh, last hour of the program. Of course, you'd be able to on the archive. Uh, but you won't be able to chime in as well. So that's 347-945-7428. So I'm going to go ahead and mute our mics. Uh, we've got other people on the line. Push one and you number die if you'd like to get in. Um, I'm, I apologize. Our, our guest was not able to show up tonight. I guess we'll find out hopefully soon uh, uh, you know, what it was. Again, maybe working on something with the Watch to Vote USA. But definitely check that out as well because they really fight to keep it um, – you know, an honest uh, election. So let's go ahead and, and, again, here's the difference between why, you know, at least a portion uh, to vote for Republicans and not the Democrats, certainly. My fellow Americans, tonight with a heart full of gratitude and boundless optimism, I profoundly accept this nomination for President of the United States. to cast its 32 votes for our favorite son and our next president. Our friend, Delaware, Joe Biden. (laughs) This is the most important election in the history of our country. There has never been such a difference between two parties or two individuals in ideology, philosophy, or vision than there is right now. How can the Democrat Party ask to lead our country when it spends so much time tearing down our country? We are a nation that is grieving. Too much anger, too much fear, too much division. Our nation is in crisis. It's a hard time, and... Everyone's feeling it in different ways. Our great nation is now living in an unprecedented moment. This crisis is bad. We are in a deep, dark hole. The constant chaos. This crisis is on Donald Trump. If Trump is reelected, things will get even worse. If you think things cannot possibly get worse, trust me, they can and they will. Joe Biden and his party repeatedly assailed America as a land of racial, economic, and social injustice. Black, Latino, and indigenous people are suffering and dying disproportionately. It is the effect of structural racism. 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 Racial injustice. Racial inequities. Racial inequality. Racial justice. It's a lot. Our family went from cotton to Congress in one lifetime. And that's why I believe the next American century can be better than the last. I know what racism looks like. I've seen it firsthand. In America, it has no resemblance to President Trump. 
And I'm fed up with the way he's portrayed in the media who refuse to acknowledge what he's actually done for the black community. During the Trump administration, business ownership among blacks, Hispanics, and females have reached all-time highs. Those same groups enjoyed record low unemployment and unprecedented prosperity, and we're just getting started. Hey, Julia. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. It's so glad to see you. So what did you think about Kamala Harris's speech last night? It was tremendous. I was so happy for her. I know. Me too. She's fabulous. I cannot wait to see her debate our current vice president, Mika Pines. Or uh, is it Pines? It's pronounced Ponce, I believe. Oh, some kind of weird foreign name? Yeah, not very American sounding. Yeah, that's what people are saying strongly. Well, uh, thank you, Andrew. And please give my regards to the gang. I will. They're right in the next room. Have a great night, Julia. I believe that the right to vote is fundamental, and the post office is essential. You know, the president may hate the post office, but he's still going to have to send them a change of address card come January. I hereby second the nomination of Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont for President of the United States of America. My friends, the price of failure is just too great to imagine. Thank you. Keep the promise of America for all of us. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Jill Biden's husband. As you heard tonight, excuse me. We want to ensure that our kids live in a nation that is safe, happy, healthy, and fair. And so this election, we're voting for Joe Biden. We're voting for Joe Biden. We're voting for Joe Biden. That's the kind of first lady, 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 this Jill Biden will be. <laughs> I am very excited to present to you a group of people that ran in the 2020 Democratic primary against Joe Biden. You could think of this sort of like survivor on the out interviews of all the people that got voted off the island. <laughs> <laughs> Vice President Biden is hereby invited to deliver an acceptance speech. Our opponents believe that America is a depraved nation. We want our sons and daughters to know the truth. America is the greatest and most exceptional nation in the history of the world. I believe America is an exceptional nation, founded on three principles, equality, freedom, and opportunity. I say to Americans who love our country, young and old, be a radical for freedom, be a radical for liberty, and be a radical for our republic for which I stand. We understand that America is not a land cloaked in darkness. America is the torch that enlightens the entire world. We will lead America into new frontiers of ambition and discovery, and we will reach for new heights of national achievement. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. My fellow Americans, tonight with a heart 
full of gratitude and boundless optimism. I profoundly accept this nomination for President of the United States. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. My fellow And the last one was uh, presidential candidate, I mean, vice presidential candidate uh, <laughs> uh, Harris. Anyway, so, uh, again, the, the contrast between just even with the, the conventions and what was said during the conventions uh, shows why the hell – I mean, you got one who's pessimistic about the United States, as Obama was, you know, and then you have the optimism of President Trump, you know. And so we do got just a couple other callers. I'll open up everyone's mic. Uh, first, we have John, our good friend John. Uh, we haven't heard from him for quite some time. I think uh, it's even before COVID uh, that we've had uh, John on the show, so we'll bring uh, John back. And then we have Kelly on the line. Uh, we got a little less than an hour, uh, so we got plenty of time here. I might even have a few uh, more audios or maybe some articles to, to throw in there, but we'll see how it goes. But let's go ahead and first uh, welcome back uh, – uh, John into the show. Thank you very much, John, for coming to the show. How you been? Oh, I'm doing fine, Robert. I've been keeping up with you guys and listening, but you know, it's just nothing new, and it's the same old scam going on and on. Everybody just regurgitating the same, you know, shiny objects the politicians and the elitists want us to follow, and we're not paying attention to the real thing and moving our cheese. Basically, you can look in the mirror. We're all lab rats now. You know, just pull up your favorite web browser, you know, like DuckDuckGo, and then search epigenetics and DARPA, you know, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, and get into some of that. But I'm going to tell you something. You guys were talking about, um, what's her name, Mrs. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and now she's not on this uh, Supreme Court because she passed away and you know she's at the funeral home I guess well somebody had I guess wrote an article and somebody found out about it and they told somebody and then that somebody told me so I'm this is just me telling you what I was told but um, this person apparently sent President Trump a, a message you know hey President Trump I'd like to take uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's place and President Trump, you know, he's been, okay, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passed away. She's at the funeral home and stuff. So Trump says, hey, I'm okay with that. You just might want to take, you know, check out with the funeral home if it's okay with them. Okay, I'm waiting for the laughter. Oh, okay, okay, audience? I got you. Wanted to take her, you wanted to take her place. I got gotcha. you. Okay, sorry, it took yeah. me a minute. Unfortunately, I'm not a real... uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm not a real good joke teller, but I thought I got a good chuckle out of it. 
But well, I, do, I do have other but comments. Yeah, it, took, it, took me, it took me a minute because then I thought, oh, take your place at the morgue. That, 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 that's a good one. <laughs> it did take me a minute. Uh, yeah, to be now, I don't know if Trump actually did say that or not, or if that's just a rumor, but I'm like, man, that was pretty quick thinking, Trump, if that, you know. But, yeah, it would well, be fun. Yeah, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen anything. The, the media haven't blasted him on it, so I don't know if that's actually something he said, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I just heard it third party from somebody that shared it with me. But um, I haven't talked to, with any of you guys since December of 2019. It's been that God, long. Has it really been that long? Yeah. I knew it was before COVID. I knew it was before COVID. It's the same old song and dance I just keep hearing. And truthfully, in my humble opinion, God's just going to allow us to get to the point that we realize we cannot exist without him. Because it goes back to what I argued the whole time I've been talking on your show since 2016. It comes down to us learning how to work together by mutual assent. Because every person, every one of us, have our own interpretation of what the Constitution means and says, and everybody wants to try to dictate to everybody else what the interpretation is going to be followed. And that doesn't work. It never has and never will. And until we all wake up to the fact that we have to figure out a means where we can all communicate with each other in a way that we all can decide together what we agree together to hold ourselves in true obedience to, then we will continue to have more violence because the more people continue to say, this is the way it is and you're going to live by it. And then they get dissed whenever they go having to deal with the judiciary system. Then they just figure, Hey, it ain't worth even dealing with the police officers. Just shoot the police officers. Cause I know what, if I do just go peacefully with the police officers, then I'm just going to get raked, run over roughshod through the judicial system because all the lawyers and stuff got this con artist manipulation that the laws are what they are. Nobody asks how was it constituted. The Constitution only is constituted based on a certain authority of standing. And when you do not allow people to have their due process rights, to make sure that their will is mutually, reciprocally, you know, their equitable power of governing included in all the rules, laws, processes, and procedures, then you're committing extrinsic fraud, denying them their due process rights, denying them their equal protection under the law, and you're, you're actually committing fraud against the Constitution. And so these people ain't stupid, but apparently the people that are in power, either they're stupid, or they don't care, and they're using it to just run roughshod over people. And you wouldn't let anybody dictate stuff to you intentionally. You might willfully allow stuff out of ignorance because you don't know any better, but you're not going, you don't like it, plain about it, but you will only go so far because you're afraid of the power that might be run you know, down your back if you try to stand up against it. Well, there's a lot of people that are not going to put up with that anymore. They would rather stand up and fight and die rather than continue to live under it. And that's why you're seeing people burning. Remember back a long time ago, you guys said something about, uh, I don't remember exactly how you worded it, and you, you asked me if it was okay if people, you know, threw rocks or bricks through my windows or whatnot, and I said, yeah, 
if I'm the one that's actually withholding them the opportunity to have their will mutually represented in the rule of law through our Constitution, then they have every right to take it out on me or anybody else. But I'm not the one that stands up against that. I'm the one that's always saying, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican or whether you're far right or far left or white, black, or any other you know, ethnicity or belief system. You have equitable governing power, or you're a slave. And if we don't wake up to that reality that we have to learn how to work together to allow people that same privilege we expect for ourselves and the same immunities we expect for ourselves, then we're, God's just going to let us destroy ourselves to the point that we realize he was right, and now we can't move any further without him. He's not stupid. We might be stupid, and I'm not all-knowing. Don't get me wrong. People hear me talk, and they think, oh, he, this guy thinks he knows everything. No, I listen to everybody else. I'm at least smart enough to know that I'm not the smartest man in the room, and I let everybody else help in, instruct me and inform me, and then I challenge what they say. They challenge what I say, and we both grow in the process. So, as long as we want to continue to tell everybody, you know, my interpretation is the only interpretation in town, and Donald Trump's got his interpretation, and he's unconstitutional, or Joe Biden's got his interpretation, and he's unconstitutional, Attorney General Barr's got his interpretation, and he's unconstitutional, that ain't going to work. We've got to decide what we can all agree on to move forward, but it ain't going to work. Dictators never win. They might have win some small battles for a while, but the tyranny ends up, and that's where we're at right now. And this, all these burnings and lootings and stuff are going to keep going because a lot of, in my humble opinion, like I say, everything's my opinion because I'm not Mr. Know-it-all. But most of the burnings and stuff, people are saying, oh, well, these are innocent bystanders. Well, if you if you were the one that walks by and allows your fellow man's rights of constitutional rights to get ramrodded and rough, you know, run over roughshod, then by omission, you're actually guilty. You didn't commit the crime directly, but you did by omission because you, you're not willing to stand up and hold up the rights for others, then your rights don't mean anything either. So therefore, well, one of the problems, they are well, going to be problems, pushed into the well, Real quick, one of the problems with that, I can't remember the guy's name, and I, I, I shouldn't admit that, but just recently, I mean, there was a, a kid, 17 years old, lifeguard, who, uh, you know, it's like, look, I'm going to go help protect people's property, and I'm going to help protect people, and he brings a gun, you know, and unfortunately, he, you know, he gets attacked, and so he has to defend himself and shoot some people. You know, while he's protecting himself, and there's prosecutors out there, DAs that want to charge uh, want to charge him with murder. Right. That's what That's the problem because... is. is. I mean, he he he's going to protect people, and they're trying to they're trying to uh, charge him with murder. It's ridiculous. Right, but but it's short sighted, Robert. Think about it. The fundamental root basis is what's not being established. He was working on a different branch higher up in the level of what he wanted to protect. But did was the fundamental basics of why our Constitution is constituted being upheld? And those DAs, were, are they on the take? Are, are they in the position of the certain level of the elites that, or I mean, I should say that are being puppeted 
wielded by the puppet masters in order to maintain their power, their position of power. Because even a lot of the DAs, some of them know the difference. And because of a lot of these schools, Harvard and Yale, these law schools, they're teaching so much to case law and, you know, uh, story decisis, presidents, and, and stuff that actually goes against natural law and, you know, common law, that they really have been deceived too. But we're not having the conversation to get back to the root of the problem saying, hey, how can we all come to an agreement on the basis of how we're going to make decisions about what the rule of law is and what the Constitution is? Because as long as we well, have different but, interpretations but, but, but of what agree- we think but, it all means, then we're all going to fight each other. We have to come together on what well, we agree together is a, one interpretation. We there is an agreement. That's the problem. To. Well, that's the problem. There is an agreement. It's it's getting to the point. It's it's getting to the point where I, I hate to say it, but I mean I feel like it's getting to the point where it's kill or be killed. I really we're not having the conversations though, Robert, to talk they're, about they're, those. But they're funding. not going. They're not going to. They're not going to have the conversation. You here's the thing, uh, J, uh, John. They're they're not listening. You're not going to bring them to the table. It is to the point people have gotten so emotionally involved in whatever you know what they're doing. I'm telling you, as I said, I've been following politics for 40 years. I've been following this stuff for 40 years, and I've never seen it to the level where we, we you know, we, it used to be where we could talk. I agree with you there. It used to be where we could talk. We could find some commonality. That I don't think. No, that I'm talking about anymore. the root. I'm talking about the root. You're talking about the higher level stuff. I'm talking about how are we going to decide what is constitutional or not and come to the right definition. Here, for example, check this out. This is something that you and I have talked about in the past. I'm going to bring it to you a little differently. You always cut me off before, but I'm going to take it to a different level. Okay, in the Declaration of Independence, it says, We assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. That's in the first paragraph of the uh, Declaration of Independence. That implies that each and every legitimately legal, you know, American people who want to sign on to that Declaration of Independence are equitable governing power entities. They themselves decide the burdens and encumbrances of power. Okay. Now, with the United States Constitution, the you know First Amendment, we have the right to petition that we actually have. A right of redress of grievance, you know, because you're not supposed. Congress has, is not supposed to establish any law infringing or abridging the right of the people to peacefully assemble for a petition of redress of grievance. So that implies that we have a redress of grievance. So if you see the now the reason they did that, in my humble opinion, is because back in the day that the Constitution and that Declaration was being set up, people lived so far away from each other, and the mode of transportation and communications was so difficult that it would be practically impractical for them to be able to stay abreast of what all their constituents want to make sure that they did get equitable governing power representation in all rule of law. So therefore, they gave us the right to the redress of grievance. So that way, if the Congress and senators ever passed any laws that was harming you or infringing on your pursuit of happiness, you could petition, which is basically just a written formal you know, declaration of claim for your you know, remedy of a grievance in order for you to have equitable governing power and be considered a 
self-governing free person as everybody else, then you made this remonstrance or, you know, a redress of grievance clarification to your um, senator or congressman, and they were obligated to give it to you. Because if they don't, that automatically says that somebody is slave and somebody else is master. And that goes in, flies in the face of the um, pursuit of happiness, which guarantees us the right to due process and equal protection under law with the freedom of contract, freedom of association, freedom of conscience. And so, therefore, they just by not acknowledging your right to redress of grievance or your right to, you know, remonstrance um, remedy, they automatically just committed a violation of the Decla- I mean, the United States Constitution. Therefore, they're either obstruction of justice or miscarriage of justice or obstruction of we the people. And they're using devolution in order to create irrigation and fraudulent conveyance to take away your rightful due, um, due uh, process. I mean, you're not due process, but your property. Well, give, what, uh, what, what, what thing, well, one thing, hold on. One thing that, and I'm not per se disagreeing with any of that. I'm just saying, give me an example. Give me a, a practical use example. Give me like a scenario. That's what I I mean, give me an actual scenario in which what you're stating would apply. Like, give me an actual like scenario. I'm not disagreeing. Now, don't you? I'm just saying I, I want to hear where the concept is made has a practical application to it. Well, anytime so, uh, so, you so, have so the, a group of people, it. right? I, I agree, and I'm going to do the best I understand how to do this because these are the kind of conversations we have to start having, or we're going to continue to kill each other. But the point is all of us are supposed to have equitable governing power per the Declaration of Independence. So in order to do that, since it's impractical to have mutual assent referendum voting, then you have the re- the redress of grievance petition, which is a declaration, a written formal declaration of claim. Okay? So therefore, if there's any laws that are being passed by the Congress or the Senate that infringe on your pursuit of happiness – giving somebody else a high-speed fast lane to their pursuit of happiness while making you jump through all kinds of hurdles and hoops in order just to maintain less than, you know, the equitable governing power everybody else is getting. And then when you make your re- your uh, written declaration of claim for remedy of these agreements, it has to be honored. And because it's not being honored and provided remedy – then that right there just totally nullifies the Constitution. That's a practical application. If it's applied, well, it, well, let's say, let's say, well, let, what I mean by that is, let's let 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 me put an example. Let's say, I'm like, you know what? I really don't think I need to pay. I I, I really don't think I my, my house is paid off. I shouldn't have to pay property taxes. And so I write a letter to my congressman or whatever and say, you know. I don't think I need to pay. I don't need to pay my property taxes. So they have my grievance. I sent it to them. So if they, so they have to come back and honor that. And say, okay, well, you don't have to pay taxes. Well, here, let me let me say the question that you ask is actually about benefit. Remonstrance and the redress of grievance is about the processes of governing. In other words. My way of referencing that question that you ask is I would want to send a redress of grievance saying I am declaring a claim of improper 
process in determining whether we should pay taxes or not. And then they have to do an investigation in order to determine whether they should even be using the voting system the way they do in order to entangle you with taxes. Because before 1913 in the uh, Federal Reserve, there was no property. I mean, you weren't paying income taxes and um, personal uh, property taxes. Does that make sense, or did I'm, am I not reading you correctly, Rob? Well, I said me as an individual. Uh, I'm saying should I as an individual, if I, if I think it's you know against my pursuit of happiness to pay taxes, they should say you know then the government should come back and say, hmm, yeah, you don't you know because you see this is a hindrance on your pursuit of happiness. We're not going we're no longer going to make you uh, pay any taxes. Right, but the the real problem is about you or me. I'm the same way in the sense that uh, you know we don't want to pay property taxes. Well, the real issue is how they determined whether property taxes was going to be allowed. Because if they're burdening you with property taxes and they're not willing to work by mutual assent and they're denying you your remonstrance and your right of redress, you know, remedy for your grievance, then they've just um, nullified the Constitution and relegated you to a legislative slave, denying you the equal protections under the law and due process rights, committing extrinsic fraud. So therefore, we don't have any integrity to the rule of law, and you're only left to use force to, um, you know, protect your your own assets and properties and whatnot. Does that make sense? So that's what it's going to come down to is we'll just have to do things by force. Yeah, but we don't have to if people would just actually re- remember the fact that every legitimately legal United States citizen who stands on the Declaration of Independence has the same equitable governing power. And that's why it tells us in the Declaration of Independence, you assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. Because you only come together as a unified United States American group of people when we all agree to hold ourselves in accountable, you know, and do obedience to that which we all agree on. If you decide that you're going to let a majority of circle manipulate that and make you, uh, you know, always odd men out, then you've been relegated to a legislative slave. You are no longer an equal self-governing equitable power, you know, and governing person. There's no equity, I mean, there's no integrity in that, in the rule of law. The principle uh, under Herb Titus and a number of other lawyers, the the legal principle theory of mutuality is thrown out the window. And you're, you're back to the, you know, dictatorship and tyrant mentality. They're just doing it pseudo-mental gymnastics, mind control now. Okay. Let's go ahead and get Kelly in because it's getting to the bottom of the hour. I want to get him you know, on there. I just with, with, Next time when you come on with this, get, let's get some like real specific, and I've said this for a, a long time, give me some real specific like get, scenarios. Like Come up with a scenario where either an individual or a group of people would actually take a grievance to a, you know, to whatever their Congress or whatever, so, and, and how that would work. I want to see how that actually works in a 
in an actual scenario. Give me an actual you know, scenario like, well, this is what their grievance is, and this is what they want to have done, and this is uh, this is how they they should address it. Give me an actual, you know, give me an actual scenario. So I think that would be a better way of explaining that. But let's go ahead and Rob, bring in uh, you, Kelly. You uh, and I are going to have to do that together because everything makes sense to me in my head. I'm just apparently not a good enough communicator to get you understand what I already understand. But I want an actual scenario. People are going to want an actual, like, well, you know how, it, it's, it's like math. How do you explain math? Well, you explain math like, well, there's a train here and a train there, and they're coming at each other at this much. And it's, it's like that. You put it in an actual practice, uh, 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 put your your thoughts into an actual practical scenario where, okay, if someone does, if someone does this, if, you know, name the grievance. Name what what they want to have done. Name the process, the actual process that they would have to do. But, uh, Kelly, it's good to hear from you. Uh, thank you very much for coming out to the show. How are you tonight? I'm oh, pretty good. The smoke is getting real bad and nasty again in California, where I'm living here and just south of the Oregon border. It was, uh, well, had a couple of days of reprieve, and now it's back again. I'm like, ugh. Anyway. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so um, – one thing of interesting news, and then I'm going to jump into the House. I'm sorry, Senate Judicial Committee. Okay, about the uh, um, new appointment. Um, okay, so silver was at 29.50 um, earlier this month, in <laughs> August, and it's now down to 22 dollars and 58 cents. As of Friday, it was like 26.90. Thursday or Friday of last week. Now it's down to twenty two fifty eight. Why did it drop so much in value? Hmm. Well, on Monday, a buddy told me, well, um, bank officers got indicted, as in big banks. He said about a dozen. Cheryl Atkinson reported it. I have to confirm everything here. but And it's a little blip on the news. You won't hear about it. But basically, <clears throat> banks have been messing with silver. Uh, J.P. Morgan Chase had a number of people indicted over several years for messing and tinkering with the silver prices. And uh, so a dozen banks, but they also were allowing foreign monies to come in, and they were money laundering in illegal ways. Um, for some reason, the banksters thought – I call them the banksters because they're banks and gangs and gangsters – Banksters, they thought they could get away with this stuff, and Trump's not letting it. We're talking hundreds of millions, probably billions of dollars. So anyway, um, but I want to discuss uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, she actually did some good things. I know some people are going to jump on me about that, but yeah, okay, she was pro-choice. I get that. that and, okay, but in the spring, uh, she get on the case of Louisiana versus Ramos. She got with Justice Gorsuch and Kennedy and Thomas and I think a couple more, and the court basically said, you know, trial by a jury is 12, not this nine that Mr. Ramos was convicted of by uh, a Louisiana jury. So that's – you know, she did she did some things to uphold our liberties. Um, so her replacement – who knows who that's going to be? But the process, it takes 60%, uh, which is three-fifths, in the House Judiciary Committee, and then it takes only majority vote in the Senate. 
So when Kavanaugh was approved, it was close. It was a 52-48. When Gorsuch was approved on the Senate floor, it was like a 45-55. So the tough hurdle that whoever this new, um, which will be announced on Saturday, Trump's going to announce on Saturday morning, whoever the new justice is going to be, it's going to have to go through the Senate Judiciary Committee. And historically, it has been three-fifths, which means out of 22, 22 members, they have to come up with 14 votes. Now, there's 10 Democrats and 12 Republicans. Okay? So 22, it's 12 Republicans and 10 Democrats. That means they have to get two Democrats to flip. And, of course, that's assuming all the Republicans are going to hold solid. Now, some of the people on the House Judiciary Committee, of course, the chairman's uh, Lindsey Graham and the ranking member of the Democrats, or, you know, second place, but her, uh, Dianne Feinstein, of course, we all know she's from California. <coughs> Excuse me, it's, I have a tickle for the smoke out here. <clears throat> or maybe it's me mentioning the word Dianne Feinstein. Anyway, <clears throat> probably the smoke. Um, all right. Go to the Republican side, which is the majority. We got Chuck Grassley. I love that man, being born and raised in Iowa. Uh, Cornyn, Texas, Lee, Utah, Cruz, Ted Cruz, of course, we know from Texas, Sassy from Nebraska, Hawley from Missouri, Tillis, North Carolina, Ernst from Iowa. Iowa has two Republican senators. Uh, Crapo from Idaho. <clears throat> Kennedy, Los, um, Louisiana. <clears throat> And Blackburn from uh, Tennessee. That's Republicans. Um, Leahy, Vermont, Democrat side. Uh, Durban, Illinois. White House from Rhode Island. Amy Klobuchar, Minnesota. I kind of like that. Coons, Delaware. Blumenthal, Connecticut. Hirino from Hawaii. Joseph, you might, you might remember her. Booker, New Jersey. Kamala Harris. Who's that? <laughs> Kamala Harris, um, of course you know who she is. Anyway, so that's what they're up against. They have 12 Republicans. They need 14 votes for three-fifths. That means two Dems have to come over. And uh, Lindsey Graham did mention that uh, he wanted to assist to make this happen as soon as possible. So it's going to be an interesting thing. Um don't even know who Chuck, who, who uh, Donald Trump's going to pick. Of course, the pro-lifers want a pro-lifer, and the pro-choicers want pro-choicers. And I'm, as a libertarian, I'm like, why are we getting social issues in the hands of the federal government? That's just very dangerous. Let's find a very good justice who will uphold and support the Constitution and hopefully turn things over to the states over and over. Oh, that's a states' rights issue. Turn it over to the states. Turn it over to the states. There you go. So. You know, we'll just we'll just see. I just thought I'd update you on on that stuff. Um, and by the way, the Constitution is a little vague about. Yes, the Senate does confirm it, not the House, but it's just kind of vague. So the Senate just decides to kind of make their own rules, and and you got the filibuster option and all sorts of things. But anyway, so I just you know uh, turn it back to you. See what other people's thoughts are. Well, I mean, it, I mean, I agree with the social issues, I and mean, I'm more of a social libertarian. I mean, I I find it ironic, um, and, and I mean, because I used to be very anti-abortion, 
and and I still believe that it is killing babies. I do. Um, I just do. I just I just find it utterly ironic that you have a lot of conservatives who are fighting diligently uh, to save you know the babies of liberals. Because I mean, if you're a conservative, you're you're not. I mean, conservative people just don't have abortions. It's the liberals. So I, I find it ironic that I, just, I do. I just find it ironic that it's you know conservatives trying to you know trying to save the life of you know the babies of liberals and the liberals are okay with killing their own kids. Uh, so I'm like the the callous part of me thinks, well, why would we want to stop that? <laughs> I mean, of course, it's, I'm, I'm saying that a little tongue in cheek for you know that that you know so that is horrible. Again, I was always anti-abortion. I'm still against it. I still think it's killing a baby. It's just, I just, just the irony. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even a funny irony. It's just an irony that I'm just like, I just can't believe it. But speaking of funny, I do got a couple more um, audio clips I want to play tonight because I like to try to get them all in because, you know, I worked hard to get them. Now, but uh, I do, and these are kind of, uh, they're only a couple minutes long, and they're they're kind of funny. Part of me says they're sad because these are Biden gas. And just what what they're putting this this this, this guy into, you know, to, to, for him to run the president, run for president. I mean, as a puppet, it's a, it's a, and his wife is his wife is disgusting. His wife just is. I just think she's just a disgusting piece of human debris to to put her husband, who's obviously suffering, uh, through. Maybe he's not suffering. I don't know, but I mean, obviously, you know. Is going through this. I mean, you know, maybe it's this is you know Biden's last hurrah, and I'm not saying he's going to die or anything, but you know, last hurrah is his shot at being you know the president, which I, you know obviously I hope he loses. I mean, if if he were to win, we all know he wouldn't be in office long. But, but again, I mean, they're, they're they're kind of funny because it's like, what are you people thinking? But in a way, it's kind of sad. But but still, I mean, it is important for for people to hear these because we got the debates coming up. That's what we're going to be talking about. I'm probably going to record all of it. Uh, next week, and I'm debating on whether to have uh, a live show while we're listening to it, um, and then do our commentary afterwards, or just have the show uh, the Wednesday after. Uh, I'm on vacation that week. Yay! No work. Um, much deserve it. Vacation, even though again, unfortunately, it's staying staying home. I'd rather, to be honest, no offense to anyone here, but be in Florida, hanging out with my brother. <laughs> but be that as it may. Um, we're definitely going to be talking to, and it, you know, and I'm, I am going to think something is up. If you know, you're hearing the what we're, you know, we're going to hear shortly with Biden. Then if he somehow is lucid <laughs> during the debates, I mean, it'll be interesting. And I'm, I'm actually have a friend who I'm suspecting is actually a liberal in in independent clothing. Uh, his parents are, are are liberals, and all they listen to is liberal news. That's probably why they're liberals. Uh, so hopefully you know, after watching the you know the debates he'll be you know generally on the side with Trump. Um but anyway I got uh yeah. So here we go, the first audio I got two of them, they're just short clips. Uh, but be that as it may, let me go ahead and get the get the now this is the one that I wanted to play last week, uh but to be honest I didn't upload it to uh my audio clips here. But here's the first one. Just look at us. Okay, just look at us. Who seems to be in shape? Who's able to move around? Who's, I mean, this idea of, you know, slow Joe. <laughs> I, anyway, I, 
I shouldn't laugh about it because, uh, anyway, Donald Trump, uh, just look at us both, watch us, and determine whether or not you think uh, um, I'm misleading anyone, not you personally, but the public. You know, look at me, judge me based on what I know what. U.S. COVID infected military, or, excuse me, U.S. COVID infected in America, 6,344,700. U.S. COVID deaths, 189,506. Military COVID infected, 118,984. Military COVID deaths, 6,114. Carry with me. I don't have it. I gave gave it to my staff, but I carry with me in my pocket. A do I have that around anyone? Where's my staff? I gave it away anyway. And that was actually only seven military deaths, but you can already already hear that. And then the next one, when you listen to the next clip I've got here, um, Biden actually has. He's at a table, right? And he literally has, and you can see it in the video, and this video is on uh, the website at com. Go to the newsroom page, and you'll see the, the video. You can find the video. That's, that's called Biden Unscripted. And so in this, he actually has, he actually has post-it notes in front of him. So... Remember that when you watch the video, uh, you'll see that he actually has, you know, cards in, in front of him. You know, uh, you know those little uh, index cards. He's got like a line of index cards in front of him, and you and, and in the video you can see him kind of moving around, and, and he's looking at. I mean, he's looking at these these cards, and this is what uh, he sounds like. Because I know you all know all of this, but first of all. You know, uh, and so that's the hard part, getting the majority leaders in a spot that he can't, I'm talking too much, is you provide the kind of help that knows, teach people how to know how to know. They may not know, because if you could take care, if you were a quartermaster, you can sure and help take care of running a you know a department store uh, thing you know or in the second floor of the ladies department right? you know what I mean and so one of the things that and and by the way this whole notion of uh, of dealing with the idea that you know look but explicitly would is the more helpful by the way you know they may say they want to go and. I don't know, do whatever, but it may be their skill that they acquired in the military may not in any way enhance that piece. Am I making sense? Great. you got to ask me some easy questions here. <laughs> I mean, it requires, you know, that, that you know, that old overused phrase, you know, it, take a, it takes a village to raise something. What we did when we were dealing with the mental health issues, uh, um, Elliot, is that we said it was the same as had to be treated with parity with every other health problem, but PTSD and, and traumatic brain issue, you know, a compound of the issue, and the VA is best equipped to help navigate this. As I said, you know, it's uh, 
You see, geez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. Where is that, you know, people are figuring out that uh, um, is a seven, is a, the, what, whether you have a mental problem, disease, it's a disease of the brain. Thank you. Thank you. And at the end of the video, they're actually directing him on, on, on where to go. And I hate when they put music to these things, but because I don't put all those together, but because um, it kind of distracts you from it. But I mean, you, you hear what it's. Um, where is that? And those weren't like a stream. That wasn't a stream of those were different clips of different things. He was at the it was at the same event, but he, and he was talking about different things. So it wasn't where it was a stream. You know, his, that was a stream of consciousness, so to speak. But that was just him talking that way about different po- subjects at different times. So he wasn't getting his topics mixed up. But still, I mean, you, you heard him. And again, there's parts that you know that that's parts that are kind of sad. You know, I mean, it kind of makes you feel, I mean, it's kind of funny, again, as I said, that, you know, I mean, what what are they thinking? What are the Democrats thinking? But it's also sad that they're, including his wife. You know, I can't believe his wife is putting him through this. I mean, I know people. I've known people, I should say, because unfortunately he's, he passed away by my, my daughter's uh biological grandpa on her biological mom's side uh passed away and and he passed away from alzheimer's and it was awful i mean it was it was awful um and and so i've seen i've experienced it i've talked to the, i talked to him when he was pretty much in the same spot that biden's at now and it is it's sad i mean it's it's sad uh but anyway we we only got about uh seven minutes uh before I have to close things out tonight and this, this the show went kind of fast tonight i think uh and but you know, I'm really looking forward to the debate. I hope you are too I hope we have everyone uh to you know join us with our commentary about the debate again i'm still the i'm still deciding on whether i'm going to have the show the night of the debate or if i'm going to do uh, do it the day after i mean i don't know what do you think kelly what do you think would be a better idea uh to do it the night of the debate or kind of let it uh sit and foment for a while and you know and give us well, some ideas before then or just guess, better guess, to do it like off the cuff right as it happens or after it happens well, the debate's Tuesday, right? It is. Okay. Well, maybe somebody will put some clips together, and you can air it on the show on Wednesday. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to have the full debate. What I what I what my plan was is to have the full debate. Uh, you know, have the full debate on, and then maybe do some commentary during it or probably afterwards. So I may just record well, it all and then play it in the first in the first part of the show and then we can have our analysis and commentary on it. Well, I'm probably gonna watch it live, to be straight up. I'll be watching it with a friend. He he invited oh, me. Oh yeah, to then watch Wednesday it probably would be better then. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll watch it and then we'll have our comments. We'll, we'll hear it again. Cause, I mean, I want to actually, because not everyone's going to get a chance to, and, and, and so I'd like to have the full debates on the show so that for people who haven't had a chance to hear it uh, in its entirety, uh, I like to have, you know, kind of provide that. But anyway, okay. so let's go ahead and since we only got about you know eight minutes left, actually, um, let's see, yeah, about seven minutes uh, for closing comments. So let's go ahead and get some closing comments for tonight's show. Um, again, I was just kind of hoping we'd be able to see Tim. I talked to Tim earlier in the week, and it, you know he was going to be able to come on and he was going to go over some really good stuff. But unfortunately, I guess something came up where he couldn't make it. But hopefully, maybe we'll have him during the commentary for next week with uh, the debate. So let's get our closing comments. First, we'll go to yourself, John, uh, with your closing comments. Uh, and then you, Kelly, each got it. Yeah, a couple minutes. Um, and then I'll have to close things up. But go ahead, John. Well, everybody, I just hope you had a great 2020 because 2021 <laughs> is going to be very tough. In my humble opinion, because as you may remember in the past, I said it doesn't matter who wins the election, whether it's Trump or whoever. Back when Trump did win, it's going to be tough, and I don't think it's going to matter now whether Trump wins or not. Because in my humble opinion, the oligarchy of elite exclusive governing corporatists are just playing everybody in, in our society for little lab rats and they're getting what they want out of the deal even though they're allowing everybody to think Trump's getting what he wants out of the deal there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and passing bills and stuff that's giving more power to the technocracy and the military industrial complex and the um, pharmaceutical industrial complex and all those groups right there are just letting Trump think he's been in power because they are manipulating stuff behind the scenes and putting stuff in bills that are so deep in there, and then they give Trump enough about what he thinks he wants, so that way they'll get him to go ahead and pass the bill. But then because of the uh, different bureaucracies that have been basically given carte blanche paychecks for power from our Congress, they're manipulating the rules and laws and processes and procedures that rape, pillage, and plunder all the rest of us, and the corporations that elitist exclusive group group is continuing to manipulate it. And, you know, I, there's a lot to be said, but since you only got so many minutes and I got into this late, I just hope everybody will tell all their friends and family to tune in every week as often as possible and bring, you know, your own perspectives so that way we can all learn together and we can all grow together and figure out how to overcome this instead of continuing to just poke each other in the eye and try to force each other to live by our own expectations and not try to actually work together by mutual assent. It ain't going to work. Back to you, Rob. Thanks. Uh, welcome, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week for our uh, commentary and analysis of the debate. Uh, again, I mean, I, I, think it, I think it does matter. I think it certainly matters. I think there's a lot at stake if uh, Biden and Harris uh, would be elected. I mean, I think that the people who are out there rioting and looting, I think if uh, if Biden and Harris wins, I think they're going to be think that they could get away with stuff, and they will be able to get away with this stuff uh, with impunity. 
And what they're doing is they're blackmailing America with this violence. That is what the Democrat Party is doing. And if they win, that means they won using what I what I would call blackmail, you know, blackmailing us with violence and continued violence if they don't get their but way. Robert, They've already said it. They've well, we don't Robert, got a lot of, we don't got a lot of, we, can, can, we don't have time. We don't have, we don't have time. We're already a socialist um, country. We, we don't we don't well we don't well and it's going to get worse and it will get worse it'll be as I said in the beginning of the show you may you may breached it I think that you know the conservatives might just be slowing down something that's inevitable I said that in the in the beginning of the show I hope I'm wrong uh, that conservatives are just um, slowing down what's inevitable but I hope not go ahead Kelly we got a couple minutes and I have to close things out well like I said last week it's going to be interesting from. Uh, here until January, the middle of January, and even uh, end of January, as elected officials um, take their positions, and uh, the results are going to be fascinating, probably contested. So I think we've Certainly got a rough several sure. months ahead of us, and I would encourage people and, to as pray. As if 2020 has been rough enough, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so hopefully the rule of law shall sustain itself or the good – folks that are law enforcement will continue to sustain the rule of law so that uh, I wish I had more time to comment about other things, but well, that's for another day. So, yeah, I guess we just keep moving forward and hoping um, there's a lot of good people in America um, to hold us together. I'm not saying we're going to fall apart, but we've seen a little bit of crack in the vessel, but it's not a big hole yet, so... Anyway, I guess that's about it. And, and, and again, I truly uh, think that you know it, it, it's going to be a bigger hole. As I said, you know, I think I'm hoping it's not inevitable that we move to a totally socialist state. And there is a lot of socialism. I would agree uh, that we already have both uh, private social um, socialism and corporate socialism. I, I think that both exist. Uh, and I, I think if we could get a you know multi-party system, now's not the time. I mean, it's pretty much, on, as I said, on the federal level, it's, it's got to be Republicans because they're the ones who are going to slow down the, the, the slide towards socialism, maybe even communism. Because one thing I've, I've been saying is that the Democrats want a one-party system like like China. That That's one of the reasons why I think they're probably so pro-China because they basically want us to be that. They They want the United States to be China, or they think that you know, who knows? Maybe you know, fifty, a hundred years from now, you know, then uh, the Chinese will actually be the you know the, the lone superpower of the world, and they just want to you know, basically you know like like that that V show where the the people in the government were kowtowing to the aliens that came in because they're like, well, they're they're the ones who are be in the power, so it's better to join them because if if you can't beat them, join them. I think that's what the Democrats' mindset might be: is they feel like they can't, you know, defeat uh, the, the 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 globalists. And that, I don't think it's not that they just can't defeat it. I think that they want it as well. Um, but I think if they can't defeat it, then they might as well join it because they're going to. They think they're protecting themselves from it. But anyway, I just want to thank everyone for coming to the show, and we'll certainly see, you know, hopefully, everyone and, and more, as you pointed out, John, next week. But I will. Uh, close out the night as I do every night and that is with the song by Abra Ashburn. Thank you everyone again. Take care and good night.
Oh, oh, oh.